Welcome to The Old World Lives, a Warhammer Fantasy Battles podcast. You can find us on Facebook at The Old World Lives, on Instagram at The Old World Lives, and you can reach us by email at theoldworldlives at gmail.com. And now, on to the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of The Old World Lives, a Warhammer Fantasy podcast. I'm Christopher, and tonight we actually have some extra people here. It's not just me. We are joined by Jimmy. Say hello, Jimmy. Hello, everyone. And we have a guest. Howdy, boys. I'm Peter, or Flogger, as I'm known in the miniature community world. Here to talk some demons. Yes, and we yes. we enjoy some expertise within these kind of things, because none of us have ever played with demons. And for once, we actually bring in someone that knows what they're talking about, instead of just guessing. Which is nice. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the bar is set, right? No guessing here. I need to know it all. Yeah, but you can't be too professional. Then you will just uh, outshine us and we will have to shape up. And that's not uh, not good for us. Oh, I'm, oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep it real unprofessional, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is, uh, we're recording quite close to our last recording. So, I'm just going to... Jimmy... What's your progress on your Midnheimers? Still scraping that mold lines. God, I hate it. What's your progress on Final Fantasy VII? I just got past Don Corneo's basement, and I've been cross-dressing. Oh, yeah. We have one part of the game now, if it's going to be Fair first enough. half, one-fourth. We don't know. Fair enough. I've never played any of those games, so I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I know. But, yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's been keeping me bus- busy the past couple of days and hours, but uh, eventually I'll get back to going full in on building and painting em- Empire State Troopers. I still, in, I'm, I, I still aim on painting up forty of them this month. Fair enough. So, how about uh, our guest? What's you, on your hobby table? Yeah, sure. I forgot I was actually in the pod. I thought I was just listening to it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, I got so psyched uh, when Jimmy told me that he wanted me on the cast to talk demons. So I got all my old Zinch demons out and I'm sitting here. Today I've been clipping away all the slots from the flamers and, you know, drilling holes in them, pinning them and such. I'm very big into the pinning. Ever since I learned how to pin metal, I have preferred metal miniatures over plastic or resin. Um, before I could pin, I hated metal. So I've been enjoying this. I'm really psyched to get my Zinch Legion up and running. Are you nice. seeing only like 5th edition and older models, or is it like mixed with new and old metal models? Oh, yeah, n- no, nothing new. I'm only using, um, let's see, up until 1994, I think. Oh, uh, so nice. I have Lords of Change from the Road Trader era, um, basically Lost on the Dam style. I have a, a couple of flamers from uh, before the Beaky flamers, and I want another four of those because I thought I would I would use the old flamers as change bringers and the newer ones as flamers. And new in this case means 1994. The horrors are all the big hand horrors. Ah, the lovely ones. They are, they are lovely sculpts, especially the Blue Horrors from 1988. Those are my favorite, but they are so hard to get a hold of. 
I think I have a couple, but I, I would like 40 of only that. And uh, for people out there who just wondered, a Changebringer, what is that? That's uh, a flamer on a disc of scenes, right? Exactly. And uh, we shall be going through this in very, very, very much detail. Nice. Uh, when we get to Zinch. I have uh, I've actually thought we would go by the power of the gods. So according to my Realm of Chaos army book, we shall be starting with, you know, after we go through the general stuff, we shall be starting with Korn, the most powerful of the gods, and then moving on to Zinj, the second most powerful, and then Nurgle, and at least, you know, the tiny, tiny, tiny prince of chaos, Slanesh. See, this is why we generally so don't right have... Yeah, sure, this is why we don't generally have guests on, because they're usually more prepared than we are. <laughs> that's true. And that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That's a> good <laughs> thing. First things first. Chris, what's your hobby progress? Um, I might have uh, gotten Call of Duty Breakpoint for PS4. So that's been a few hours. But uh, yeah, it's nice to actually find a game that you can actually be killed in for once. Yeah, also we have some news, kind of. I'm also, I'm also currently, while we're recording this, I'm going to yeah. take the back seat for the demon stuff and then I'm going to let Jimmy talk <laughs> because I am going to finish my ball thrower tonight. That's my <gasps> Oh my. Yeah. Cool. So that's what I'm doing. And you said news. There's a squirrel. I've seen a squirrel. Yeah, it's a squirrel everyone. Uh this past weekend. Yeah. It was adorable. Yeah. This past weekend GW had their preview number 2 on uh, new models. And uh, the thing is, they showed us a very cute little squirrel on a... What's this? It's a tree man? Yeah, they claim it's a tree man. It's like a... Yeah. It's more, yeah, more like it's, a... It's something a really else. elaborate base for a squirrel person. It's an yeah. elaborate base for a squirrel. An elaborate base for a squirrel. Also, there were some, some news about upcoming uh, giants. But we'll see about that eventually. Just look to the horizon and see what we get. There was a lovely little preview of the Angels of Death if you're into 40k. Yeah. I really like All... the art style for that. Yeah. And what else do we have? We have. Uh, we have the... the giants are actually the Sky Titans. Yeah. The Sky Titans of old. It's just going to be you can field one giant and it's. Uh, 800 power levels, whatever that game is counting. <laughs> They're using points nowadays. <laughs> ah, fair enough. So it's you just put down a like a two-year-old on the table and came into a giant, and everything it tosses off the table is destroyed. Yes, but only if you speak to the two-year-old and it speaks back. Oh no! If it has a bigger mustache than the opponent. <laughs> so I see. <laughs> I see that. Uh, I, I see that Jens and Krell uh, will have a. Fair advantage on us then, if we were ever to play Age of Sigmar, <laughs> but we're not. Yeah. But I am looking at these lovely, lovely elves that are going to be released. Yeah. I really, really want them. Like I've said before, tone them down slight bit, just scrape off runes yeah, I... from some shields and whatever. I'm going to re remove the mops from their heads. Yeah, I saw someone actually uh, did that in the Photoshop. Just removed the bull head from the top, and they actually look really good all of a sudden. I like that the spearmen are multi-parts. So you can actually move the spears for them. At least that's what they said in the video. We don't know if yeah. that's true. I'm looking forward to see how the spruce are going to look for these guys. Yeah, it might just be that the 
it's the old old style of the attachment point for the spears, so you can just decide on if it's going to be lowered or raised. I don't think there's any other news that we could talk about because otherwise there were some uh, some books are going to be released. There's going to be some 40k models, 30k models, but that's not yeah. fit for the old world. Well, Demonifuge is 20 years old. We could just talk about those lovely models and that re-release of the comic because I've been staring at those two models since yesterday or whatever it was. Yeah, I know you have. Not sure about the face on Stern, but yeah. I think it's mostly the painting. The paint job does a lot, yeah. or sometimes it does less yeah. from all. Oh, well, that was the news, right? Because a, yeah, very, very quick preview. There's going to be preview number three on April 18th, so I'm looking forward to it and hope they show something that I can use in the old world or for some other nefarious project of mine in yeah. more time. You can also get uh, Soul Wars for 99p on the Black Library Audio app. And if you want to be annoyed by everything either being called something with Sigmar in the beginning or something with Nagash in the beginning, you can get this one because it's great. I've tried to finish this book for like two months. But I can read a few pages and then I get annoyed for the naming conventions and everything that's just stupid. But yeah, I don't really know why I gave it a chance. Oh, here's a big one. Uh, until the end of April, for every gift voucher of £50 or whatever your equivalent is in your country, for every every voucher you buy, you get another £5 for free. So if you want to plan up, uh, if, if, if you want to plan purchases for your armies, buy vouchers and get more money to spend. This continues throughout whole of April, according to GW. Get those projects going. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's about it. Are we going to the fun part? Yeah, I reckon we should just move on to the fun part. This episode will be, as we mentioned, about demons. And it will also be about the Beast of Chaos, but that is in a separate recording that's already been done with uh, Nicholas and a voice actor that was really expensive but sounds almost like Krell. So it's almost immaculate. Just a tiny bit of difference. But first of all, there will be a rundown of the Demon List for 6th edition, and I'm going to hand over to Jimmy and Peter so they can go through it, because they know more than I do, and I really want to paint. The Altdorf Advertising Agency, the AAA, is looking for new customers. We provide advertising space and targeted campaigns on toads, in village halls and we even provide our own official worthy lecturers, the owls. We are currently interested in promoting local wise old women, hedge wizards, imaginists, and purveyors of Cathayan Skyfire. The Altdorf Advertising Agency, the AAA, is a branch of the Holy Order of the Templars of Sigmar. Contact your local witch hunter for more information, which may be drowned as well as burned at the stake. For our repeat and former reward scheme please acquire within, heretic. You go on and paint, and we will start. So, Flogger, uh, do you reckon we should start with the normal demons from the normal Hordes of Chaos list, or do you want to go straight into the Demonic Legion army list and talk about everything there and like pull in all the normal demon units into that part? Well, Jimmy, I'm glad that you asked. Um, see, I've already prepared like a TV chef. and Yeah? 
<laughs> I figured that um, in the document I've written before me, there is um, I've gone through the the general rules, but also the the difference to them compared to the other the hordes of chaos ones. Nice. So we'll go with that. We can basically just throw ourselves right into the demonic legion army list. Basically, page twenty-seven of the Storm of Chaos book. Yeah, uh, that's where we're gonna start our journey through the demon void. And um, well, as we all know, demons are immune to psychology, and all their attacks are magical, and they cause fear. Those are the the basic uh, rules of the army. And if you have played Warhammer Sixth Edition, you know that these rules are all extremely powerful, just as a baseline. That's true. They also have some form of protection. Yeah. Uh, the entire army has a 5-plus ward save, and the thing is that in Hordes of Chaos, this ward save is ignored by magical attacks and magic or spells, but in the, the Demonic Legion army list, uh, they just that was upgraded into a normal ward save. So basically, the entire army always gets a 5-plus save versus everything, because there's nothing in 6th edition that ignores ward saves, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Uh, and on top of this, they all, every single demon in the army, get plus one leadership. Wow. This means that greater demons and demon princes actually go to leadership 10. And this is huge. That is huge. That is nasty, if anything. Both the demonic aura, the demonic aura change and the uh, break test for instability that with plus one leadership, both those are big freaking deals. And they are what basically put mono-god uh, demonic legions on the battlefields because they finally became the powerhouse of the 6th edition. And I think this is mostly to, to represent that they're, they are more strongly bound to our realm than they usually are when they are summoned. This is like an incursion. They, yeah, they because... spill out from the north following the strong winds of chaos. Exactly. Bellacor, the Dark Master, kind of pulled them all out, and then he kind of kept them there. Because he knows how to do it. Of course, until Teclis took his stone and said, yeah. go away! <laughs> and they all went away. <laughs> um, I hate Teclis. Um, Who doesn't? I don't know. Should we talk about Bellacor at all, or our special characters? I we mean, can, to me, we can mention him. I think I think we can go through his rules and everything after the army list. We can take him last because he's actually yeah. divided. So yeah. yeah, he's like the only yeah, because he's the first demon prince. It's kind of cool yeah. in that sense. But okay, uh, let's continue with the general things. Uh, on top of this, immune psychology, magic attack, cosphere, and the plus one leadership and the demonic aura. On top of this, there was another change made, which means that for demonic gifts, which are essentially magic items for demons. Um, you could only take one. All the magic items or demonic gifts were zero to one per army. But in this army list, you could take multiples. Oh. Um, this was, uh, well, as we say in Demon World, hell to the yeah. Um, because this, you could never take multiples on the same demon. So, for example, the That's Spellbreaker, fair. which is their dispel scroll, uh, you could not take two of those on a on a demon prince, for example, even though they're only 25 points. You could only you could take multiple, but you have to split them up across characters. That makes sense. Um, I like it. This was, this was a big deal, mostly for Slanish. Uh, we'll get to that when we get to Slanish in the end of this. But it was a big deal, especially for them. So Then there was a, a, a new uh, demonic... The, the, uh, the big thing about demonic gifts is, of course, that they will not get affected by spells that target or damage magic items, because they are not 
magic items are like magic items, except that they are better in every single way possible. Then they also got was, some uh, new things, unholy icons. What did those do? Yeah, they got the um, they got two new things basically. Um, first of all, uh, they got access to diabolic splendor, that uh, gift that basically previously that gift gave your character, your demonic character. Um, a regular ward save, but since the entire army oh. now has that, it increases yeah. it by one, so it goes down to four oh. plus. And, uh, yeah, de demon princess with the four plus ward save is is the shizzle, and uh, that's very nice. good. But it, it does not apply uh, to any unit he joins, and that's where, as you mentioned, Jimmy, the unholy icon comes in. Uh, so one unit standard bearer can be given an unholy icon for fifty points. Which gives his entire unit plus one to the word save, so four plus. And but note does not apply to characters joining the unit. Fair enough. The entire Fair unit gets a four plus word save. This this was a big deal for mainly for the Nurgle army lists because they like to run uh, a big nasty block of plague bearers, which are unkillable almost with this item. But then there's actually. Well, let's say the the most important part, almost for an infantry heavy demonic legion, is the greater icon of chaos. Finally, it was possible for demons to uh, take a battle standard bearer that got you to re-roll the break test or the instability test, and this was massive. yes, sounds like a big um, game changer. This was definitely a game changer because previously it was kind of nasty to play demons. You know, it was kind of scary because if you had a big unit. They only they were only leadership eight, so if they had to take an instability test, you roll a nine, um, and they just are removed from the battlefield, and that was they basically yeah they they couldn't uh, what do you say they couldn't uh, keep themselves in this realm, so they were disposed of, come back to the yeah. void, or to the what do you call it the chaos wastes or something, but. Um, this was a big deal. Now you could re-roll. Uh, overall, many armies in with Demonic Legion as well, you could play around this. You don't have to take the Battle Standard or the Greater Icon, but if you do play Infantry Heavy, it's it's very important. Because losing a combat by one, and then losing an entire unit because of that, or even worse, a Greater Demon, I mean, I, I mean losing a Great Unclean one with nine wounds left is not fun. That's going to hurt. It's going to hurt a lot. Um, oh, yeah. The funny thing, they also ch they also changed the banner of the gods for the demonic legion. It uh, basically became uh, carried by a herald, uh, and it all friendly units within six uh, gain hatred against all un other, uh, all enemies, even though they're immune to psychology. Cool. It was it was actually an awesome banner, and but you could never play it because it's what 125 points. Yeah, it's uh, so very pricey for just hatred. It's very pricey. So it was. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was cool if you played like three thousand points or something, and then you could take it. But if you're playing the regular, well, two thousand or maybe twenty two fifty was I think the standard back in those days. Yeah. Um. That was that. Then it was it was hard to it was I mean it was hard to squeeze in a herald with a greater demon. I mean getting that banner on top of it that's the whole unit gone. So that was uh, that was an issue. Uh, another big thing that they did in uh, the Demonic Legion list was that they basically turned all um, core units into clan rats in this, in one sense, um, that they became true core units. This means that uh, you must take Blood Letters, Play Bears, Horrors, or Demonets, one of those, to be able to unlock other units. 
So maybe I mean, basically consider special and rare choices uh, to be zero to one per true core unit. Uh, if you want uh, two units of uh, mounted demonettes, uh, no, no, that's stupid. No, actually, they're core units. So two units of pleasure seekers, which are basically fiends in this edition, uh, you need to take two units of demonettes as well. Otherwise, you can only take one unit. Or, you know, or that, that was a big thing. You actually had to have the base baseline infantry in the army. There, but of course, that, they could not yeah. take command groups. Yes, and that makes so much more sense that I can have them now because it, I, I never really understood why they left it out. They have their little explanation in the Horse of Chaos book, but I don't buy it. Previous editions could have command groups and later editions could, so this does a lot for those demon units because if you have a if you don't have a musician and you get a draw you lose by one and that could be devastating for a demon unit that wow, musician this, is this a was must really, this was really good for the demons uh, for the core units so, uh, yeah. uh, once again actually played right into the hands of plague bearers because they had so few attacks usually so they they really liked the plus in the combat resolution yeah, they needed that very a lot because they only have the one attack. But um, yeah, and of course uh, another big thing: greater demons do not take up a rare choice in demonic legion armies. They only take up a lord and a hero choice. Yay! Freeing this up the rare choice. Freeing up the rare choice, and this was um, this was uh, mostly played into the hands of slanish and seems because their rare choices are quite cheap, but uh, Nurgle and Corns are very expensive, so. It didn't really make much of a difference to them. Um, so that's basically, now we've gone through most of the uh, general list changes that are different from the Hordes of Chaos book. Um, and, oh, yeah, uh, uh, well, I have a question before we continue. Fury. Uh, yeah? uh, the, the Great Icon of Chaos, that mo the model that carries this can take a magic banner. Is any of the banners from the realm of chaos, from from the Horse of Chaos book, any good on those units at all, or is it just better to take a non-upgraded battle standard bearer, so to say? Tell you the truth, I I mean they're allowed to take both hordes and beasts of chaos armies or armies banners, uh, but the only thing that I've seen on the greater icons that could be worth it, because you must remember that most of those banners are expensive. And the Demonic Heralds are already very pricey, especially since they cannot be the Army General, so you need another uh, beast in there. Um, but I think the War Banner is probably the only one that I've seen that is very good, because demons like to win combats. Yeah, combat resolution is very good for demons. It's very good for demons. And considering the unit strength of demons are often quite large, um, especially when they get a monster or a chariot in there, uh, they actually auto break units several times uh, if they win. So it's uh, or several times. So it should be quite common that they auto break units because auto break is a thing in sixth edition. And if you haven't read up on it, do it because you will lose every yeah. game if you don't know about it. <laughs> it's it's not a problem for me because I play knife goblins and I flee regardless. <laughs> auto breaking. Yeah, I, I... Although I will never be outnumbered by a fear causing enemy, but I will break anyways. That's true. That, that's the funny thing, isn't it? When people said about these uh, clan scryers, caven armies that had all the shootiness and everyone was terrified of them because they had like warp lightning cannons and rattling guns and all the demon players are like, have you ever charged a warp lightning cannon with a terror causer that has a higher unit strength? Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> because they just 
on the table. That's like all they do. Every single, uh, they, they just run away. <laughs> it's just yeah. so much fun. <laughs> um, all right, I, I forgot to mention Chaos Furies. Um, they actually are zero to one in this army list per character that has mark of undivided. This means that you often will not see them in the armies because you usually don't have a character with a mark of undivided. There's one yeah. exception to this, which is what we will move along to now, which is, of course, corn, or as we call them, Fantastic Frenzy. Yeah. Corn demon armies are, have three things that are very powerful or very weird. Uh, army-wide frenzy. Every thing, single thing that has mark of corn has frenzy. This is so, 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 so bad. But you can learn how to control it. Uh, just like any TV series or movie that you've ever seen where someone gained magical powers and they said you can learn how to control it. That's what you need to do. Uh, there are some tricks out there for you. Um, the big thing here also with corn demons versus warriors of corn is that they don't get any extra dispel dice. Uh, because anyone who's played Warriors uh, of Chaos uh, with corn, they know that you will never... I mean, the, the opponent will not get to cast spells because you will have so many dispel dice. But with demons, that is not so. They Instead of this, they get magic resistance. And magic resistance 1 is not very powerful. Magic resistance 2, it's alright. It does a lot. Um... So, and of course, uh, no corn armies have any magic whatsoever. Well, though, you know, they hate magic. They're yeah. They're weaklings. Um, exactly. Casting a spell. Why? <laughs> you can just punch someone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Here is my axe. That's point A. Point B is your face. <laughs> How do you cast spells? Well, I apply axe to face. That's my spell. <laughs> uh so we're going to start going through the choices that we have in the Corn Demon armies. And the first biggest, baddest baddie out there, the Bloodthirster. Nothing oh. hits like the Bloodthirster, and nothing can basically survive being hit by a Bloodthirster. It's just totally wicked. They're, they're, course... they're so, so good at killing everything they're getting like, touched with. Ah! I love it! Yeah, I mean, and the 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 thing is that they are the ultimate chariot killer because they have strength seven. <laughs> yes. So they are chariot hunter. I mean, once you've seen this guy uh, charge into like what five tomb king chariots with the tomb king and just wipe them all out in a single <laughs> single close combat phase, it's just yeah, that's bad. And also screaming bell, very very sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and the funny thing is that. Uh, he has a 4-plus armor save. He's one of the few demons that actually has armor. Um, but that's kind of a corn thing. They're wearing their yeah, it is. armor. Yeah. Um, he also has killing blow. So if you are a character and you think, I'll kill you, uh, you won't because they'll kill you first. I mean, the guy has, yeah. I think, if I remember correctly, is 8 attacks on the charge. Oh, 7 base. 7 attacks. Uh, I, I don't... Oh, no. He's he's get hit. Friends, yeah. Eight attacks all the time, and eight and since he's yeah, and since he's a demon, he can't lose his frenzy. That's nasty. Can't lose frenzy. Oh yeah, yeah, he, he still can. He can still lose combats and lose frenzy. Yeah, yeah. But until but until I was but until he loses. Have I been playing this wrong? <laughs> <laughs> but until he loses combat, and I don't think he will, he will have eight attacks. 
Exactly. He it's true. He will basically never lose frenzy except versus giants. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because yell and ball. Yell and ball, baby. It's 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 the only thing that kind of threatens bloodthirsters. So should we go through well, his the, stats? The, yeah, his stats are. I mean, also the the best stats in the game. I think. I don't think anyone can pass this. Um, he has a movement of six, but that's sort of irrelevant because he has fly. Uh, but then he has a weapon skill of 10, and this is just, there's only, I, I, don't, I think it's only Blood Dragon Vampire Lords that reach this level, other than the Bloodthirster. Yeah. This also means that anyone below weapon skill 5 hits him on 5s. Exactly. So every single infantry unit out there that is not like, you know, the elite, like Swordmasters or something, or Grail Knights, they will be hitting him on 5s. And wounding him on sixes in most cases as well. Or fives if they're wearing, carrying great weapons or something. So, yeah. Because he has the strength of uh, seven. He has strength of six, but he has the uh, might of corn, uh, demonic gift. So it goes up to seven, which is why he's a chariot hunter. Uh, he has ability, ability skill of zero, because, you know, who, who, why shoot where you can just apply axe to face? Um, exactly. He has a toughness of six and seven wounds. This is a big deal. He doesn't have six wounds, like many of the others, like the other two uh, uh, greater demons that have uh, less than ten wounds. And he, uh, so he cannot get one shot by a cannon. Uh, that's a big thing, because everyone knows that uh, a Bloodthirster with one wound remaining hits just as hard as when he has seven wounds. Um, of course, an initiative of ten. So I mean, why wouldn't almost everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like the fastest out there is so fast. And attack seven, and then with frenzy that turns into eight, which is very fluffy because eight is the number of corn. Yeah. Uh, and then he has the leadership of nine, which turns into ten if you're playing demonic legion. So, and he's six hundred and fifty points. So he's a bit pricey. He's almost most pricey out of the greater demons, and he hits like a ton of bricks. The he funny sure thing does. Is he has frenzy. He is a large target, and he flies. When you hear those three things mentioned, a quick thing should go up into your head thinking, wait a minute, how do you even deploy this guy? Yeah, that's right. You deploy him with his back facing the enemy. It looks ridiculously stupid, but if you don't, he'll probably die the first turn of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, because uh, otherwise is... people... Yeah, <laughs> because he can be baited through his frenzy. And it's really exactly. stupid. So with corn demons, you always want to take first turn because then you can deploy him facing forwards, and that looks so much cooler. <laughs> um, playing an army-wide frenzy is uh, hard. Playing flyers that are large targets with frenzy is very hard. But the good thing is, once you're up the board, you can often choose what to charge because most things will be yeah. within 20 inches. So that's why it's important to get that first turn because then you can actually get up, get into position and, uh, you know, do your thing. Um, I remember when I played my corn demons many, many years ago versus my friend is uh, Vampire Counts and he had the Blood Knights, I think it was 7th edition, that they had Frenzy. So I flew Furies up first turn and he had to charge them and then I could flank charge them with the Bloodthirster and his general died turn two. And then we could kind of, you know, call the game <laughs> because that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. uh, so friends, it's very important when you play Frenzy that you need to learn how to control this. There are some tricks. We're going to go through them in a bit. Um, that's, that's basically all I have on the Greater Demons. The Greater Demons cannot take any demonic gifts. They sort of have them built in to their costs. And you can't choose anything. 
so that's why they're so expensive as well. Uh, he also has Magic Resistance 2, that's important to remember. Magic Resistance 2 does uh, a lot more than Magic Resistance 1, because Magic Resistance 2 can actually stop spells. Um, that means that every time they're targeted by a spell, you get to roll two dispel dice. Not just once, but every time. So that, that's the thing. Um, and Princess of Corn is the next one, the next Lord choice. Uh, and this is actually a thing, because Mark of Corn will grant you an extra dispel dice for the Demon Prince, uh, because it's not... Well, you know, Demon Princes are sort of warriors and sort of demons. They're sort of a mix. So they get the benefits of the Mark, just as warriors do. So this is a little handy. That extra dispel dice can help you a lot. Other thing is, it's not a large target. So controlling Frenzy is a little easier, because they also fly. Mark of Corn grants you Frenzy. Uh, 200 points cheaper than the Bloodthirster. Um, compared to, you know, other gods where the uh, demon princes often go to almost the same cost as the greater demon, close to anyway. Uh, but the corn demon princes, of course, cannot have spells uh, or magic levels. You can almost get the demon prince and an exalted demon for the price of one bloodthirster. Of course, that means you'll be missing out on a herald because you know the choices are, are you run out of choices, uh, and thus the greater icon, which is of course bad, but it's possible. Um, demon prince is uh, quite all right, um, but. To be honest, I just don't see any reason to take a Demon Prince of Corn uh, in front of a Bloodthirster army. Because if you're going to give a Mark of Corn, just just upgrade it to a Bloodthirster, and you'll have so much more fun because it's just that much cooler. And it's worth it on every single turn. Every single turn. I mean, it's it's amazing compared to the Demon Prince. It's uh, the big deal with the Bloodthirsters compared to Demon Princes. Also, is the unit strength. A Bloodthirster will break ranks because the unit strength 7, whilst the Demon Prince will not because the unit strength 3. Getting a flank charge with a flyer that's a large target is not that hard. Uh, it, it will happen eventually, as long as you're not, you know, fooled by some sort of great eagle or something. God, I hate those eagles. Yeah, yeah, horrible things. A greater, a great eagle should be bam. Um, yeah, the elf player laughing in the background. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Exalted Demon is the hero choice that has to be your general. Uh, because uh, uh, Demonic Herald, which is the next one, cannot be your general. Um, so if you're running games of uh, lower than 2,000 points where you cannot have lords, you actually have to take a greater de an Exalted Demon. And, um, you know, it can have 50 points of gifts. It's basically a, a demon prince, but, you know, a little, basically one less in several stats. Um, I don't know, should we go through the stat lines of the Exalted Demons? Because they will pop out in every every list under... Let's go through it now, so we at, at least have gone through it. Yeah, because then we don't have to go through it for all the other... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And Exalted Demons is two hero choices, uh, which applies... Uh, also in the Demonic Legion army list. Uh, weapon skill 7, strength toughness 5, and 3 wounds in his 7, 4 attacks. A movement of 6, but not really relevant considering it's a flyer as well. Um, leadership 9, like uh, most demons uh, in the Demonic Legion. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it has 8 in yeah. basis, yeah. So, um, these are basically like lord-like stats for any other army, but here it's a hero level. But an expensive yeah, the, the, hero level. A double hero level. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Taking up two slots um, does a lot. Does a lot. Um, but not so much for demons because everything is so ridiculously expensive. So even if they took up one, you probably wouldn't even notice the difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
there's that's a little funny, but yeah, that's sort of how it is. It has terror. This is a big deal. Just as I mentioned, charging warp lightning cannons uh, with terror causers. Having fly and terror is very powerful, regardless of anything you have on your model. If you have fly and terror, you can cause a lot of mayhem in armies, especially Jimmy will know this as a Night Goblin player. The terror. Yeah. How do you how do you how do you like terror, Jimmy? I fly, I hate flyers. it. On fire. I, 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 I don't think I can handle it. Oh, yes, I can, because I have fanatics. That's true, actually. That's what stops. That's what stops. That's what stops everyone from causing terror on multiple units, because once you reach within eight inches, which is the terror, I, I think eight inches, or is it six inches for terror? I don't remember. But uh, once you get it within eight inches of a night couple of units with fanatics, they release them and the movement ends for the models or models that got within eight inches. So that's my way of yeah, it end it ends for that model. So you can keep moving oh. other units afterwards, but the movement ends for that for, for the unit that made them come out. So if I am the one who walks within the enemy units, and I release them, then my movement ends for that particular unit. Oh, interesting. I didn't know yeah. that. Because uh, I, I haven't played Goblins in 6th uh, edition, so I'm not really well read up on the rules. And of course, all the rules for fanatics and squeaks and stuff. <laughs> it's like reading a Bible. Yeah, uh, I know. So I, I know. But I had, no, I had no idea that your movement stopped. But even if it didn't, you will never use uh, flying demon princes or exalted demons to try to uh, release fanatics because they will die no. from fanatics. Yeah. And they are they are, they are so bad at this. Um, <laughs> actually fanatics are one of uh, the demon demonic legions worst things because they have nothing that can draw them out except of course in this army where you have flesh hounds and then maybe in the other armies you have another some other choices but in general if you want to draw them out early with flyers no way yeah i mean unless of course you have a unit case, case. and you have yeah but they're very expensive yeah definitely i mean and if i have uh, neutered my entire list to be able to handle fanatics i've probably done gone wrong from the beginning so um, yeah, anyway, Exalted Demon. Let's continue with him. Um, the mark is the same, Frenzy, and an extra Dispel Dice. Kind of neat. Uh, 50 points of gifts. Um, usually you would take either Blade of the Ether because that's Ignore's armor saves. They have Strength 5, so they already get minus 2, but ignoring it is quite neat when you face uh, things like uh, Knights. Um, yeah. But what also is very good on the Exalted Demon is Soul Hunger, which allows them to re-roll um, to hit rolls in every round of combat. It's basically oh, danger, damn, um, that's nasty. And, and, it's, and, it's only, and it's only 25 points. And um, the thing is that when you have 50 points of gifts, uh, you can have Soul Hunger and Spellbreaker. And for demon, corn demon armies, having that Dispel Scroll does a lot because you will not have wizards, you will not general, generate Dispel Dice other than the one from your Exalted Demon. So having an extra dispel scroll is quite neat. Um, hungry for them spells. Is, yeah, really hungry for those spells. The, the next one is the Demonic Herald. This is a very good uh, thing for Mark of Corn Armies, Corn Demonic Legions. Um, whatever you do to Demonic Herald, do not, and I repeat, do not, with capital letters, give it Mark of Corn. It's very, very bad. And I will explain to you why. Because if you look at blood letters, 
they have a movement stat of four. And the heralds, they have a movement stat of six. Which means they will frenzy charge out of the units they're standing in. Oh, god damn. If there's, if there's something you don't want your battle standard bearer to do, is charge the enemy's <laughs> great eagle in a weird angle by himself. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you don't want that. So this is why corn demon armies actually would like this guy to be Mark of Undivided and uh, keep him outside of units. Because if you have Mark of Undivided, you cannot join corn units. You cannot join yeah. the units of the gods. Uh, but since we're playing 6th edition, the best edition, uh, they can stand next to the units or behind them and still grant the benefits of the icons. Um, and, and, and benefits from not being targeted, which is very important for lone characters. Very important. The stat line of the Demonic Herald is uh, like a toned-down Exalted Demon. It has a weapon skill of 6, uh, movement of 6, uh, strength 5, toughness 4, 2 wounds, initiative 6, and 3 attacks with leadership 9. Um, of Korn does grant it 6 plus armor save, but that will not help when you're standing there having charged a Great Eagle that fled, and you're standing in front of the entire enemy army by yourself. Um, so you want this to be undivided, and there's also another reason for that. You want it to be undivided so you can take a unit of Furies. Because when it comes to corn Demonic Legions, Furies help you control Frenzy because you can fly them in front of your own units to deny line of sight. Um, yeah, so because screening units are very, very important. Very important. And uh, so, I mean, you want a Demonic... In, in general, corn uh, Demonic Legions uh, were quite infantry-heavy, quite unit-heavy. There were a lot of, a lot of units in those lists. Uh, because they are very good. The baseline of the units are very, very good. So you want a demonic eye. You want a greater, what do you call it, greater icon in these uh, in these lists, and you want it on an undivided character. And sometimes you want the unit of furies to be able to help you along if you're controlling a friend. So yeah, uh, the demonic herald can only take 25 points of uh, demonic gifts, um, which means that usually it'll take a spellbreaker. Um, especially in corn lists, or if uh, you have an Exalted Demon that already has a Spellbreaker. Yeah, I mean, you can run two. If you're, if you're fighting in a meta with a lot of high, high Elves and Lizardmen, you might want two Spellbreakers. Um, but in general, if they're standing in a unit, they can have Soul Hunger, but if since with corn armies you don't want them in a unit, um, you're probably just better off with either Diabolic yeah. Splendor, giving them a full plus board save, uh, or, you know, a Spellbreaker. Uh, the, the only time I could like, see them... Yeah, the the only time I could see them having Mark of Corn is if they are going to ride a demonic mount. That's the only time I see them carrying the Mark of Corn myself. Yeah, because on a Juggernaut um, with a unit of Bloodcrushers, or even actually this was uh, also a, a thing. You could actually put it on a Juggernaut of Corn and then put it into a unit of Bloodletters. But even then, it will have to charge out of the unit. Yeah. So then you need something to stand in front. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the the most, well, the most important corn thing ever, of course, the blood letters. Um, these are the true core units of the corn armies, corn demonic legions. They are 16 points. So they're quite pricey. But when you look at their stat line, which is movement four, so quite slow, but that's fine. Movement four was quite standard in these days. Uh, weapon skill 5, strength 5, toughness 3, 1 wound, initiative 4, and 1 attack, with leadership 8, which goes to 9. It also has frenzy, so the 1 attack is a bit misleading. It actually has 2 attacks until it loses uh, combat. 
and then it has magic resistance one. I mean, and weapon skill five, strength five, two attacks, initiative four. This is the stat line of an elite unit. They are core. And don't let the toughness. Yeah. Of a swordmaster. Yeah. Also, if people are like thrown off by oh toughness three, remember it's a five plus ward save. It does a lot, and they can carry the the icon so they get the four plus if you play corn only. Yeah, you can take the unholy icon, which is yeah. great for a large unit. Yeah. And uh, remember, and also to remember, they actually have light armor, so they actually have a six plus five up. Yeah. Uh, so if you're if you're strength three versus them, they actually get two saves. Uh, sure, yeah. it's just a six plus, but you know when you're affected by I don't know some sort of spell or something that does uh, yeah. damage to the entire unit, it, it makes a difference. And uh, this is a great unit. Um, you want many of these. Um, you want to run them six wide because that way they will they will fight a lot. Either well, either you run them six wide if you're running like units of twelve or fourteen. Or you run them four wide in a 16 strong, so you get four by four, so you get the full rank bonus. Um, and uh, weapon skill five is massive, especially when fighting stuff, you know, like the weak, 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 oh, so weak night goblins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, skeletons as well. Uh, because night goblins and skeletons, they'll be hitting you on fives, because they're weapon skills. Yep. Um, and this is quite neat. So that toughness three won't really matter, because things won't hit you. At least those those won't. Uh, strength five is great, because the old world standard of units, uh, toughness, is three. So you'll basically be wounding on twos most of the time. And all elves and all humans have a toughness of three. So wounding them on twos. And I mean, we're also talking like, you know, knights, like Britannia and Empire Knights, they're still toughness three. So they are. wounding them on twos. It, it does a lot. Um, many years ago, the, the armies I saw, the corn demon armies that actually did very well in tournaments, they had either several larger units, like four 16-man bloodletter units, or they had shitloads of smaller units, total MSU style. Um, we're talking, you know, like six units of 12. Bloodletters, because in many cases, bloodletters almost always win combat. Even when they get charged, the six plus five up ward usually helps them fight back. And they have two attacks each, hitting on threes, wounding on twos. It's they usually do quite a bit of damage. And um, this MSU style was quite fun. It actually, I think it. I don't remember if it won any grand tournaments, but it did quite well there for a while. Um, six units of leathers, six units of flesh hounds. Um, and we're going to go through flesh hounds next because flesh hounds are awesome in this uh, corn demonic region. Um, yeah, blood leathers are great, run a lot of them. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Shounds is another core unit, um, but they do not count towards your minimum number of core. It's, it's sort of like war hounds don't count towards minimum number of corn because flesh yeah. hounds here. They are quite weak compared to if you've been playing any other editions of Warhammer Fantasy, either before the 6th edition or after the 6th edition. Uh, this is the weakest version of Flesh Hounds ever made, but they're also one of the strongest because they have the fast cavalry rule. And fast cavalry, we all know, is freaking amazing. Yeah, it's, it, it, it is the bane of flank charges. I mean, God, I, I, I love positioning fast attack units for future charges because like you use the uh, the well like how you mentioned deploying the 
degraded demons looking behind, you can do the same with flesh hounds and still move as far as they would if they look forward because they they can move however they want and just reform. Just their move is like seven, so move them fourteen inches sideways, backways, in front. Just do whatever. They can turn wherever they want. The free reforming does a lot. Yeah. It, 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 they are so good. And they hit surprisingly hard yeah. for being fast cavalry. Because they have two attack seeds, weapon skill five here as well, and strength of four, initiative four as well. So, I mean, on the charge, you get from five flesh hounds, or maybe you ran six, because six wide is always nice for those extra two attacks. Yeah. That's 12 attacks. Hitting on threes, wounding on threes versus most infantry out there. Along with this, they have magic resistance two. And how do you usually handle fast cavalry small units? Yeah, you magic missile them with like fireball and stuff. D6 strength four hits or five hits or whatever. But these guys with magic resistance two, they are quite resilient to magic missiles. And they are ridiculously cheap. They only cost 16 points, the same points as a blood letter. Yeah, I know. It's like you get two. Two Warhounds for the price of one Flesh Hound. It's like, yeah, I, I have more wounds having more Warhounds, but with the Flesh Hounds, more attacks per model, but also that sweet ward save and fear. I mean, like, come on. You can charge, like all fast, fast cab, you can charge on uh, war machines or small units and harass them, and with fear, you might as well be able to outnumber them because every flesh hound counts as two models. So if you face units with 10 models or less, they will flee if they lose their combats. And they might even flee from the charge. Yes. They're, they're outnumbered by a fear-causing enemy, which means they might even run before you even reach them. So, I mean, they are having fear, ward save, frenzy, magic resistance, they are one of the best fast cab units out there. Um, then we, of course, have the negative, having Frenzy and Movement 14 and Fast Cab. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> so, But that's fine, because you can run so many of these, because they're so cheap. As I said, six units of six of these is a thing. And, I mean, that's fine. One of them charges an eagle. Who cares? You have five other units. It, they, they work. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and if you want to go by min-maxing them, like, just using five, that's 80 points. That's nothing. Nothing in an army list. That's so cheap for what you get. Yeah. Let's also not forget, because they're fast cab, they can block a lot of line of sight for your important things that are not allowed to charge away because of Frenzy. Um, because the way Frenzy works is that you need to have line of sight at the start of the charge phase. Um, because even if the hounds need to charge and, something and yeah. the one behind it uh, now has line of sight to something else, that does not trigger a Frenzy charge have line of sight in the beginning, it's fine. So you can... Flesh Hounds like to run before Exalted Demons, for example. Escort, if you will. That's a nice nice choice of words. Isn't it? Yeah, with their back facing the enemy. Uh, <laughs> um, the next unit we're going to go through, this is a new unit. Uh, it's new, and it's new and improved, and it's amazing. Uh, it's Blood Crushers. Basically, blood letters mounted on Juggernauts of Corn. And they are on 50 millimeter square bases. Uh, these things, I mean, they're so cool. They're expensive, but they're so cool. And rule of cool is the most yes. important. I um, In my corn army list, uh, I run two units of three of these. Um, 
They have four attacks each on the because of frenzy, and this is the real kicker. They have weapon skill five, movement seven, weapon skill five, strength five, toughness five, three wounds, and three attacks in initiative three. So they're a little slower than regular bloodletters, but they make up for it by having plus two in toughness and plus two attacks. So I mean these things, I mean they hit like a ton of bricks. It's four attacks each, three of them. That's twelve attacks. Uh, right into you, hitting on threes, wounding on twos, and they also have a five plus armor save. So with toughness five, five plus armor save, five plus ward save. They are extremely resilient, hit like a ton of bricks, and they move quite fast because movement seven. I mean, they—that's basically standard human bartered cavalry. Quite fast. Yeah, yeah, and they hit just as hard, unless they're knights of the inner circle. But yeah, come on, this is gonna be way deadlier. Definitely, because it's like, yeah, sure, the inner circle have, like, plus one strength, but these guys have four attacks. <laughs> yeah, and so, weapon skill five. Damn. Yeah, they're, they, they hit, yeah. There's one thing that is the bane of these. That's killing blow. <laughs> so don't yeah. run into grave guards, whatever you do. Um, don't run them into whites of any kind, really, unless it's cavalry whites, so you can wipe them on the charge, because... Yeah, um, blood. It's, even though they're on fifty millimeter bases, they're still blood letters, mounted. Yeah. So they are just um, just cavalry. They are just cavalry. Uh, they also have magic resistance one. They have a unit strength of three, so three of them have a unit strength of nine, which is perfectly fine because after a couple of turns, you'll outnumber your opponent. Um, a couple of combat rounds, but they're eighty points each. So three of them is 240 points. Uh, it's quite a lot of points. I like to run two units, as I mentioned. Uh, so that's almost 500 points. They cannot have command. Um, the thing with all, all these uh, special units, they cannot have command. That's a, that's a thing. Um, but that's fine. They don't really need it. Um, no. And if anyone out there have command groups model on their newer models, just just ignore the command group. They're just fancy-looking models. Exactly. Definitely. If you've modeled them, awesome. It looks cool. Just to be fair and remind your opponent that that banner is not actually there. <laughs> that so, banner is going to hit someone in the face, like an exactly. axe. Apply banner to face. Um, that's what it is. So yeah, they're, they're awesome, and they're hit like a ton of bricks, but they're expensive. So if you want to go the MSU route, you cannot take them. But if you want to go more along the, you know, a little of this, little of that, uh, have a cool-looking army. You definitely want these. Uh, also, quite fun to convert if you have the older models, because I have the fifth edition blood letters on the old uh, juggernauts, and it's it's a little it's a little work, but it actually looks real cool. So next is of course the rare unit. This is the first time these things pop up uh, that I know of, anyway. Uh, the chariots of the gods. So the chariot of corn is a basically it's a chaos chariot. Pulled by a juggernaut, but instead of chaos warriors on top, there are two blood letters on top, and this is the coolest thing. It can actually be pulled by two juggernauts. You can add another one for 20 points. And I mean, if you're not going up against a lot of strength seven that auto kills chariots, this thing is very strong. You always take the extra jugger. It's d6 plus one strength five auto hits, along with eight weapon skill five strength five attacks from the crew and horses, and it does a whole lot of killing. 190 points uh, with extra jugger. It's quite expensive, but it actually sort of hits harder than three blood crushers do for cheaper points, especially on the charge. It's also unit strength five, which means that it breaks ranks if you get it into a flank. And the real thing, 
toughness five, five wounds, and a freaking three plus armor save. And that's on top of the ward save as well. Wow. That's on top of the ward save. It's also large target, but that doesn't really matter a lot because you can't charge through. It doesn't have fly like the, your other large targets do. So it's, yeah. it's sort of fine. It's easier to shoot it down, but I mean, come on. Five wounds, toughness five, three plus armor save, five plus ward save. Yeah, you're not shooting that thing down. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, every cannon you aim at it, the, the corn player is just going to smile. Yeah, shoot that thing. Then you're not shooting my <laughs> You know, it's no worries. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, a s- summation of the corn armies, uh, they usually do rather well with an MSU type list. A good choice of uh, army is actually, um, how do you say, a general? It's actually an exalted demon that's undivided. Then you run five units of 12 letters or something, five units of six flesh hounds, a unit of seven furies to either march, block, hunt war machines, stop frenzy charges, and so on. And now we come to the worst possible matchup for corn demons. Oh, this is so much fun. I, I can't wait to tell you guys this. Slayer Cult Army List. <laughs> the Slayer Great. Cult Army List <laughs> has a, has a rule that says if you're killed, if your Slayer is killed by anything that is strength five or more, the Slayer player gets ten victory points. <laughs> a, a Troll Slayer is eleven oh, yeah. points, and nearly every single thing in the Corn Army except for Flesh Hounds are strength five. <laughs> so for Every slayer you kill, you get one victory point, which means that you need to kill 16 slayers for every dead bloodletter. This is actually oh, the Jesus. only matchup I can think in the game that is impossible to win. The best result you will have is a draw. <laughs> <laughs> also fitting. <laughs> Very fitting, and it's, uh, I mean... That, that weird rule for Slayers is like, if you're ever at a tournament nowadays and you end up with this matchup, you just have to laugh through it. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's probably the only matchup I know in the game that is so ridiculously skewed at one way. Um, I think it's hilarious. And not to mention that, you know, Demon Slayer characters can actually have two weird, what do you call them, Slayer things. And they kill monsters yeah. like nothing. <laughs> It's just, uh, I mean, they're, they're so cool. Um, so yeah, don't run, um, don't run a demonic corn legion into a Slayer cult army list because you will not have fun. It actually kind of just sounds like a waste of time, unless you're possibly running, you know, that whole six units of flesh hounds, and then you need to play yeah. the game so that you're only using the flesh hounds, and you know, with frenzy. Yeah, have fun, enjoy it, try it out, you know. My friend uh, is uh, planning on building a Slayer called Armorless. He's mentioned it anyway. So we figured we, c- we could try this. Maybe even battle report it and just try to, is this possible to get a minor victory? I think not. Unless the and Slayer player however, is yeah. However it goes, Korn will be pleased because there is battle. Blood there shall be, be flowing. falling all yes. over the place. Yeah. In general, uh, corn armor lists are awesome. You can learn to handle frenzy. Um, if you plan to play a corn demonic legion, read the frenzy rules in the rule book about ten times and highlight the important sentences because you need to know them like the back of your hand. Um, because they w- knowing them will actually make it easier to control frenzy. Uh, also, running a ton of units will make Frenzy not as dangerous because, you know, you'll have so many backups. And once one unit charges into a bad thing, you know, it has to overrun, which is horrible. <laughs> and yeah. uh, then you can use Flesh Hounds and stuff to 
uh, run up and cover the flanks and kind of help around in that area. So, yeah, flesh hounds are the saviors of this list, along with maybe a unit of furies if you can squeeze it in. I think that's all I have for corn. Um, you feel like adding anything, Jimmy? No, I'll I'll uh, ask a question later regarding corn. It's it's, it's going to be a question regarding all these lists, actually. Okay. It's going to be on the model modeling part. Right. Since I'm a teacher, I ask you write down the question and save it for later so you don't forget it. Yes. Um. <laughs> uh, then we're moving on to my favorite. I know I'm not supposed to be biased, but Zinch, the love of my life. Um, the Zinch demonic legion is just total magic mayhem. It is a, I mean, it's awesome. It's so, I can't wait to go through this. So let's get right into it. First off, we have the Lord of Change. The Lord of Change is a powerhouse. You want to take it in all Zinch lists above 2,000 points, always. There's no reason to take the Demon Prince. Well, there is, might be some reason. We're gonna go through that a little later. But in general, the Lord of Change is so amazing. The demonic gifts alone on this thing makes it worthwhile. Uh, so let's open our Hordes of Chaos book and go through the Lord of Change stat line. Lord of Change comes in at 665 points. That's a lot. It's the most expensive of the four greater demons. But wait for it. It has five spells and uh, instead of four because it has Master of Sorcery, the demonic gift, which grants you one extra spell. It also has, I mean... It has, with five spells, this is great because the lore of Zinj has one more spell than the other lures. It has uh, a zero. Basically, it has a uh, seven spells. So you can't roll the zero, but you can always choose it, which means you kind of always want to replace yellow fire, which is, uh, well, yellow fire doesn't really do a lot in Demonic Legion. It's We're going to go through that uh, afterwards because there was an FAQ and it was all messed up and it, yeah. You, you just always want to replace it with red fire, which is just a traditional magic missile. D6 hits with strength D6. Um, but the Lord of Change has a movement of 6. Not really a big deal because it has fly. It has a weapon skill of 6, strength of 6, toughness of 6, wounds of 6, initiative of 10 for some reason. It's not really a fighter, but when you hear the stat line, yeah, it's a hell of yeah, a fighter. Yeah. Um, it has 5 attacks, which is the least amount of attacks for the greater demons. Because, you know, it has that extra spell instead. But the most important thing, well, not most important, a really important thing is that it has unit strength 6. Which means it's perfect for flank charges because it's a large target, it has fly, and it does not have frenzy. <laughs> so, <laughs> breaking ranks is a big deal because your units in a Zinch Demonic Legion will not be winning uh, combats. Uh, so, getting that thing in there and, you know, wave around with his staff, it's a big deal. But the most powerful ability this thing has is one of the most powerful abilities in the entire game. It has the demonic gift called Zine's Will, which means allowing one reroll per turn. And this is not just one, this could be a part of a 2d6, 3d6, you know, or a magic, you know, you roll five dice, you can reroll one of them. And this is not only per turn, as in, you know, turn one or turn two, this is per player turn. And why this is a big deal. Wow because you can re-roll your save. You know, when you get hit by that cannonball and you fail the ward save, just re-roll it. But the big deal is also uh, you don't really need a greater icon, a BSB, in Siege Armies, because if you roll poorly on instability test, you can actually re-roll the highest dice. 
So this saves you a lot of points, which is why he's the most expensive of the greater demons, but he's sort of the cheapest. You get a lot of rules for the points. So many rules on the points. Uh, and I mean, in general, a large target is a bad thing, but because if you're not facing heavy artillery, it's a very good thing, because you can see over your own units. But now, it also has the demonic gift called Spell Destroyer. This is a spell breaker, but on a 4+, plus, you, the opponent cannot cast a spell for the rest of the game. It destroys the spell. And this can be re-rolled with Zine's Will. So if you're facing, you know, that second generation Slana Mage Priest casting that Comet of Cassandora, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to dispel scroll it, and then I'm going to 4+, plus with re-roll, remove it from the game. Very powerful. It's one use only, of course, like all dispel scrolls, but it's so powerful. Should I cry or laugh? I don't know. Listeners, you decide. Exactly. And of course, we cannot talk about the Lord of Change without talking about the lore of Siege. Because in a, with the other armies, magic is a choice. I mean, sure, the Greater Demons are level 4s, which is why we will go through them when we talk about the Greater Demons. But with Zinch, it's mandatory. You're spamming magic. That's what you're doing. Make no mistake, the Zinch Demonic Legion is a gunline. You're basically uh, a elf or dwarf gunline. Or more like elf, because, you know, not that many high-strength targets, high-strength uh, attacks. But it's a gun line. It's just in the magic phase. Um, the lore of Siege has seven spells. And the first one is Red Fire. It's only only 5+, plus, causes d6 hits, strength d6. But the big kicker is that it's actually range 30, not range 24, as most other magic missiles are. So, and it's always random. I mean, the opponent is always like, yeah, it should be fine. Yeah, and then he rolls six strength, six hits. You know, it happens. And all of a sudden, it turned into a horrible magic missile. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's quite neat. But you don't even have to roll it. That's the good thing. You can always choose the worst spell in the uh, uh, lore and just replace it with a traditional magic missile. Um, the next spell is Orange Fire. And this, on a Lord of Change, oh, hot mama, this is the thing, right? Because the Sorcerer, or in this case, the Lord of Change, is a Remains in Play spell. It gets him to re-roll all failed rolls to hit, to wound, and all his saves. Wow. Yeah, and it remains in play. So, and that's a 6+. Plus. And all of a sudden, your 5-attack Lord of Change hits like a ton of bricks. And uh, also, getting to re-roll that save, really sweet when facing cannons. So... That's a good one. Then we have Yellow Fire. This is this is going to be a bit. So Yellow Fire is remains in play spells, and it grants um, the sorcerer his mount and all models in the unit he joins a five plus ward save. This replaces their demonic aura. In other words, for demons it turns into normal ward save. The demonic legion already has a normal ward save. So for the demonic legion, this actually turns. Uh, they they FAQ'd this and said it did the same thing as Diabolic Splendor, which is. You cast it on a unit and it gets plus one ward save, so four plus. But that's not what Diabolic Splendor says. Diabolic Splendor says that the Sorcerer gets the Demonic Aura. In other words, if you cast it, for example, on a Horror Champion, only the Champion gets the Diabolic Splendor. Um, this was a bit of a you know discussion back in the days of 6th edition, that clearly it's meant to affect the whole unit. Yeah, uh, most of the time you'll probably replace yellow fire with red fire anyway. Um, but sure, I mean, having a yellow fire on a Lord of Change uh, gives him 4 plus ward save. Quite cool. Um, I don't know, is it possible to have two remains in play spells in play at the same time? 
I no, no, it's not because once you cast another spell after a remains in play, play spell, that spell ends. You need to keep complete focus right, yeah. to, to keep your spell going. Right, that that, that explains. Yeah. Uh, so you otherwise it would be quite neat with a four plus word save that is rerollable. Um, but I mean it is anyway because you have Zeus will on your Lord of Change. Uh, the next spell is Green Fire. Oh, this is so much fun. Uh, I would like you to imagine facing a unit of great swords across the table, and uh, you target an unengaged enemy unit within 24 inches, and a subtle whisper in their mind suddenly persuades many warriors to change their allegiance and attack their comrades. All the models in the unit immediately make one attack against the unit itself. So you roll to hit, you roll to wound, you take saves, and if you kill enough, you actually cause panic tests. Uh, characters who have joined the unit are unaffected. Uh, and if you're unaffected, if you're Immune to psychology, you're also not affected. But I once cast this on a unit of 25 great swords, and they basically killed half of each other. You know, it's so much fun. I look forward to using this against the enemy. I do. Especially when, I mean, just for those units, you know, those great weapon-wielding units. It's <laughs> so much fun. It's also, it's only a 9+, plus to cast. And I say only 9+, plus because you're going to have about at least 10 power dice in this armor list. At least. So, the next one is Blue Fire. It's also a magic missile, only range 12, but it causes 2d6 hits with a strength of d6 plus 1. It's quite a powerful spell, and it's also on a 9 plus. So, uh, that's an average of 7 hits and at least strength 2, but once you roll strength 3 or more, I mean, in other words, anything but a 1, it's actually quite a decent magic missile. Yeah. And for that single time you target a chariot and roll a 6, you just, you know, laugh your ass off. <laughs> Um, but it's quite quite neat. Uh, most people will try to dispel this because it's it's random, but it's not random enough that you want to let it through. Because two d six is better than one d six, and d six plus one is a heck of a difference from d six. So uh, the next spell is Indigo Fire, and uh, this is an eleven plus, so it's quite hard to cast. But this is probably the best spell in the entire lore. Um, at least when you're facing toughness three armies like elves or men, um, because it's a range eighteen, and all models in the enemy unit suffer strength two hits, so you wound some, you wound on fives versus toughness three. All models killed turn into a horror, and the new horror models are placed in close combat to the front of the enemy in exactly the same formation as their former comrades, and the two units are lined up center to center. The newly created unit of horrors counts as charging in the close combat phase. And it does not award victory points. So, I mean, strength two, I mean, if you cast this on a large unit of state troops or something, you're going to have like 10 horrors, or at least five standing there in close combat, counts as charging, not awarding victory points. And we're going to get to horrors later because they have spells, very powerful spells. This is an amazing, an amazing uh, spell. Sounds great. Yeah, it's it's so cool. You need a lot of extra horrors, though, because as usual in this edition, and in all editions, uh, if you don't have the horror models, then you know they just count as destroyed. Um, you can't replace them. With, you know you can't proxy your models. That's just wrong. Um, then you have the violet fire, twelve plus target enemy character anywhere within six of the caster. In other words, you're basically just going to be casting this with the Lord of Change, uh, but you can target a character even inside a unit or mounted on a monster steed. So you, you cannot hide from this. And the victim must pass a leadership test or be removed from play. That's so nasty. If you're running goblins, for example. <laughs> it's 
It's okay. I have plenty of goblin heroes. They're so cheap. I thought you were going to say, it's okay. I have fanatics. I'll use them in this, in the, versus this demonic legion as well. It seems to work wonders. It does. I know. It, it does because it's range six on this as well. <laughs> so um, I think it, many times in the, in the game, you will not be casting this spell. I mean, most of the time, people pass their leadership tests and stuff, but every once in a while, it's quite uh, neat to get through. Um, it can be a total game changer, and uh, yeah, um, when it fails for the opponent, it hurts a lot. So yeah, so that was basically the Lord of Change. Sorry that took so long. It takes a while to go through because we went through the entire lore as well, and it's yeah. such a, such a big deal. Um, the next thing is the Demon Prince again. Uh, we've already gone through it a bit, but if you, the only reason to really take this um, instead of the uh, Lord of Change is because you need to crack armor and destroy knights. Uh, that's the one weakness of the Zinch armor list, like Britannia or Empire Knight uh, armies. Uh, anything with a 1 plus or 2 plus save is quite annoying because there's so many attacks in this list, but it's often strength 3 or 4, so they don't break armor very well. So if you take the Demon Prince, you want it to have Master of Sorcery, of course, and be a level 4 wizard, because you still want the spells, because you have the dice to cast it. Uh, but then you take Blade of the Aether, so it ignores armor saves, and most likely Soul Hunger. So you have your 5 attacks, hitting on 3s with reroll, and then wounding on 2s. So you can kill quite a lot of knights with this. Uh, and also remember that Orange Fire, rerolling hits and wounds with this, is quite neat on a close combat oriented Demon Prince. So. If you're having a lot of trouble in your meta with a lot of high armor uh, or low armor, I don't know which one is the problem here. Uh, wh wh what is the wording? Two plus armor saves, let's just say that. Um, then you might want to take a Demon Prince instead of a Lord of Change. Uh, but in all other cases, take the Lord of Change. The Exalted Demon is, of course, the mandatory uh, under 2k uh, general. Uh, Terror and Fly, oh, we've already gone through that, it's amazing. Um, I like to use this as a budget demon prince uh, with just master sorcery and diabolic splendor. So it has a four plus word save and it has three spells. And of course, you upgrade it so that it has level two. Um, nice. It's a budget demon prince. It, uh, it's quite yeah. expensive even at this point, but it, it does a lot uh, for its points. Um, as we it, said before, it kind of yeah, kind of does the same job, like you said. Yeah, it's sort of the same job, but um, the important thing to remember with Exalted Demons is that in lower point levels, the terror and flying combo gets stronger and stronger the lower you go in points. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, for example, as we said, goblins is a good thing to, to talk about because the you usually have a lot of units of goblins, but the lower points, the fewer units, and, the, and even worse, the fewer fanatics. And eventually, the terror fly thing is, is very strong. Yeah, it's, it's a mandatory. Uh, you can either keep it cheap and just uh, run the Terrify thing, or you can upgrade it to a budget Demon Prince and have it wreak havoc among the enemy army. Next thing is the Herald, Herald of Zinj. Uh, a greater icon and Master of Sorcery is all right. You can keep it on foot uh, in the unit of Horrors or Flamers. Uh, it clocks in at 235 points with those gifts. That's 100 points cheaper than the Exalted Demon above. Uh, that we just talked about, uh, plus uh, you know a greater icon on top of that. Uh, it works at higher points, the herald. But in general, as it cannot be, yes, it cannot be the general of your army. You have to take an exalted demon anyway, and there goes the points. Um, I don't think it's really worth taking a greater icon or a herald in a zinch army 
because you won't have enough units to benefit a lot from the icon. Um, I've, I've seen people talk about putting it on a chariot or a disc, uh, but it's just that pumps up the points so far. So yeah, if you're playing three or four thousand points, sure, rock on, you know, but otherwise, yeah, no, it's just, it can be targeted anywhere and it's just way too, it easily goes to 400 plus points. So the, the Zeus Demonic Legion, you can actually look away from the Herald, it plays differently. It's, it's a gun line and you often run many small units instead of a larger unit. Which brings us to the backbone of the entire Zinch army, the Horrors. Um, Horrors is a great unit, and the difference from the uh, Hordes of Chaos Horrors is that their champions in this unit now become level 1 wizards, which means that they generate power dice. In addition to all the bounce spells that Horrors have, which are also amazing, um, this means that, I mean, we, in my 2,000-point army of uh, Zeus Demons, I run three units of uh, 12 horrors with a champion. No standard, no musician, just a champion. Um, actually, one of them is 11, because I, had, I was a monk. Uh, but yeah, they are great. Uh, units of 12 with the champs are very sweet. I like to always just choose red fire for the champion, because, I mean, the, the other spells are too hard to get off with only two dice to cast. So... Just an extra magic missile in there is quite sweet. But the, the horrors themselves have bound spells, three of them. Um, and one of them is Fire of Siege, which is a magic missile, range 24, d6 strength, three hits. Just a traditional thing. And these are bound spells, and the power level is half the unit strength of the unit. This usually means five or six, and that's quite high for a bound spell. When you take magic sure items, is. many bound spells are power level three or four. So the next one, Coruscation of Energy. This is the this is why Indigo Fire is such a good spell. This is the most powerful bound spell I think I've seen on a unit. I mean, or in anywhere, uh, especially since it's not a one use only. And it doesn't matter how large the horror unit is. So if I cast Indigo Fire on your unit of great swords and I kill one, and I put a horror in front of your unit of great swords. It's still my magic face. The horror can now cast Coruscation of Energy. Bound, sure, bounce spell is, you know, one. But if you don't have any dispel dice left, that doesn't matter. And this spell causes a strength three hit on every model in the unit. Large units, beware. It's also range 12. So, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is a very powerful uh, spell. And it's range 12, quite short. But once the enemy gets into close combat, this is nasty. Really nasty. The next one is the uncontrollable mutation. Um, so you roll a dice for every horror in base-to-base -base contact with an enemy. On a six, the enemy model is slain and a horror is added to the unit. Um, this is quite fun, um, especially versus smaller units that are charging in, like fast cab and such, because every, every model killed matters and every horror added also matters. So it's a quite a neat thing. But most of the time you'll be using the Magic Missile, and of course, you want to get within 12 to cause a strength 3 hit on every model in the enemy unit. Um, this is, again, very powerful versus Toughness 3. Again, elves and humans. Um, you might notice a trend here that Siege Demons are very good versus Toughness 3, and that is correct. They're also very good versus things like Wood Elves that have a lot of skirmishers, because uh, spells don't care about rolling to hit. So uh, the minus one to hit doesn't really matter. Uh, so that's the horrors. They are uh, amazing. Uh, they die quite easily, though. Um, they they don't have a very impressive stat line. They will not be killing things. As I said before, they won't be winning combats. Um, 
they are their weapons heal two and movement of four. Um, strength toughness three, one attack, and uh, yeah, they're not very impressive. So, uh, um, yeah, horrors, they die easily, but they can take so many things with them, and they can reproduce. This is sort of a little, the whole thing, like creating horrors, it seems to me anyway, who's a big old Hammer fan, to be a little nod to the old uh, pink horror dice and becomes two blue horrors rule. Instead of adding that into the horrors themselves, they created it in the spell version that new horrors are created. So, well done, Games Workshop. It's a rule many of us miss, and it's a rule that many people who play later editions hate. Especially Age of Sigmar also, players. I've heard about um, it. I, I started playing uh, Demons in Ravening Hordes, and uh, there, the reason I was 13 at the time, and the reason I couldn't play Zinj was because, you know, back in those days, you had to ask your parents to buy the models for you because you don't have any money because, you know, you're a freaking kid. Um, yeah. And you can't really motivate your parents that, no, I need three times as many because when they die, they become <laughs> two. That's <laughs> hard to motivate. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I played, uh, I started playing Zinj Demons when the Hordes of Chaos came out. That's when you could afford it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Although, uh, today it's very, there, the, yeah, very I mean, you you can mix pink and blue horrors in the same unit nowadays, model-wise. In 6th uh, edition, when they released these amazing Juan Diaz horrors, there was a little nod to the whole two blue horrors inside a pink horror thing, because in a lot of the models, you can see there's like something trying to get out of there. And that's, depending on how you paint it, will be a blue horror. There's like small horrors crawling out of them. I love these models, but they're so hard to come by. They're so hard to come by. And I I really, really hate that I didn't get my... Yeah, I hate that I didn't get the chance to buy them when they were on uh, Make the Order, because it was, like, right before payment. It's like, no, I can't afford this now. It's like, I get... They I get, Make the Order. Yeah, they have, along with the Juan they, Diaz. Uh, yeah, it was, like, two years ago, I think, along with the Demonettes. All right. Yeah, the, the horror... I mean, 6th edition Demons uh, were very beautiful in the sense that like in many 6th edition models, they became almost, you know, they dropped the, the humor and comic relief of the older editions, and they sort of became gorgeous and beautiful and gross and, uh, I want to say realistic, even though it doesn't yeah. make sense. Uh, but, yeah, they, they just became scarier. Um, so, yeah, the horror models are gorgeous. And just as you said, I mean... The, the mouths inside the mouths and the eyes inside the mouth. I mean, everything just bursting out is oh, such gorgeous, gorgeous models. Um, so, yeah. That's also a little nod to the old days. Or, you know, yes. the new days, because nowadays they split up again. Yeah. Again, anyway. But that was a choice. That was funnier back in the day. Um, but, yeah. The next thing, a big deal. Uh, Flamers of Zinj, uh, which I'm sitting here with in front of me with, you know, eight of them. Um, they actually are skirmishers. They're their own unit in this uh, edition. Uh, so they're not uh, no longer a unit that accompanies uh, horrors, which they were in Hordes of Chaos. Now they became their own unit, um, and they uh, are skirmishers, uh, which of course is neat. They have two strength four attacks, a web skill two. And, uh, but the most important thing for them is that they actually have a movement of six, which is quite fast, you know, uh, in general. Yeah. Uh, but they also have a ballista skill of four. And a ballistic skill of four is quite powerful when you're shooting as much as these things do. Um, 
Flamers of Siege have, of course, the rule called Flames of Siege, which is that each flamer can fire magical fireballs in the shooting phase. They're a thrown weapon, range 8, strength 3, but each player fire d6 shots. Um, so you roll to hit with each of them. So basically, if you have, like I have here, 8 flamers, I roll 8 dice and multiply that. You know, I take 8 dice and uh, see how many shots I get. And then I roll to hit for each of them. So you don't like roll 8 to hit rolls and then see how many hits it is. That was previous editions. <laughs> this is more balanced. Um, now you have to roll to hit with each of them. And they're also flaming attacks, both in close combat and with shooting. And I think with thrown weapons, you don't get any movement or range penalties. I think I need to get my rule book exactly. here. Exactly. So, so they will all, they'll always be hitting on threes. Yeah. Except for like skirmishers. But there's so many shots. That's the thing, right? There's so many shots that even versus skirmish units, you sort of wipe them out. Yeah. Skirmish units are often toughest for three, um, and toughest three, and usually light armored. Uh, so yeah, they just die. They're 25 points each, and they only have one wound, so they're quite expensive. Uh, but you can run a small unit of five or two units of five, and it uh, can do quite well. Um, so the fact that they're skirmishers is quite neat as well. It makes them a little more fun. So, but the the next thing, of course, is that you can put these things on discs and play them as change bringers that we talked about in the opening segment. Um, change bringers are flamers mounted on discs of siege, and the model is mounted on a fifty millimeter square base. Um, these guys are sort of like flamers, but for three times the cost. Uh, but they're also more than three times the durability and the movement because have seen they're flying cavalry but they move 15 inches instead of 20 because they have the rule float which is like yeah they don't really fly they just sort of float um like pennywise um but um they still shoot the same but there's only one flamer on each disc of course so these guys are movement one so you know beware of that storm banner and um, weapon skill 3, ability skill 4, strength 4, but here comes the kicker. Toughness 5, 3 wounds, 3 attacks, and initiative 4. So they can actually charge and do damage. And um, I mean, yeah, they're flying I, cavalry. I, I, yeah. yeah you got I think they're more dangerous in combat than shooting, actually. But being able to use yeah. shooting and firing, is that's a big game changer. And being like, since they are flying or floaters they still move in skirmish formation so they have 360 degrees vision exactly yeah they do that they, they three, see 360 and they charge 15 inches so they are they're quite cool in that sense and they can still shoot 3d6 shots so if you try to you know land a small flying skirmish unit or like a unit of furies or harpies uh, to march block and stuff, they can just shoot them out or charge them out um, because they can charge to 50, 60 and 15 inches. And the the real important thing, um, they are large targets for line of sight purposes, but only for line of sight purposes, uh, which means they only get the benefits of large target and none of the bad things, which means that they can cover a lot of change from line of sight. This is very sweet. Yes. Run two units of three at 2,000 points. I really enjoy them. I think they're really cool. Um, but again, you know, they can charge. They're, they're 210 points for three of them. They're 70 points each, so they're quite expensive. 
But and beware, as with all demonic cavalry, beware of killing rogues. They'll just wipe them out. They're quite expensive. Uh, you might want to, if, if you take them, you might not want to take flamers. Sort of have to choose between them because the points are starting to run away from you here. Because um, you want a lot of horror units as well. At least three of them. You need at least three of them. Well, need anyway. You can't can have flamers, but you want three of them at least. So points are starting to run off. Uh, the next unit is Screamers. Uh, screamers are very good. Every single uh, every single Chaos army, regardless of warriors, beasts, or demons, should have a unit of three to five Screamers, always. Because, I mean, they have fly, they have two wounds, they have two attacks, strength, three, strength four, weapon skill three, they can slash attack, which means they can fly over something and cause uh, strength three hit uh, on the unit, and it counts as missiles, and the enemy cannot fight back versus that. Um, it's not, I mean, that, that's not why you take them, but it's quite, you know, it's a neat ability for those characters running along about the, by, the, about the, by themselves, outside the units. Um, every Zinch army should have at least one unit of these. They're very good. I don't have anything bad to say about them. Um, they're cheap. They're 99 points for a unit of three, and a unit of three has a unit strength of six. Two each, and if you have a unit strength of six, and you fly, and you cause fear, and you charge war machines, you sort of either run from the charge or die to the charge. So they are very good for hunting those cannons that you know. What do you say? That are shooting your Lord of Change. Yeah. There's a, they also have a toughness of four as well. I mean, and two wounds. They're quite resilient. I mean, they're for the points. They're very good. Um, they're also skirmishers because you know they're bad. They, they're still zero to one, right, in the demonic list, or are they? Let me see here. Well, they're not. Oh, so you can have multiple units in a legion list. Nice. Uh, and they're core units. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah, go nuts! Um, this could open up for you know the traditional forty k army list that I used to run back in the days of. 6th edition 40k, where you run like 27 Screamers, uh, 3 units of 9, because it's awesome. But then they actually do quite a bit of damage when they fly over things as well. So, yeah, you can do that. But then it's, then the points start running away. We're talking 300 points for a unit, 900 points for 27 of them. So, you won't get a lot of other stuff into the army. And the funny thing is, a unit of 3, charge Skaven or Goblins, and just watch them run from the charge. It's just so much fun. No! Sometimes, you, you, most of the time, you even catch them because you move 20. So you run them down. Ah, it's just a lot of fun. The last uh, rare unit, uh, the last uh, choice of the Zeus Demon Demonic Legion is the Chariot of Siege. These are freaking amaze balls. I mean, they shoot like change bringers, but they fly. They don't have float, they fly. And they have impact hits and screamer attacks in melee. So, I mean, 140 points. On top of it is two flamers, which means we're already up into the same cost as two change bringers. But you also get two screamers in the same price. You get impact hits. You get fly instead of float. And, I mean, you get an armor save of 5 plus as well. So, this is quite a neat thing. They only have a unit strength 3, so they won't break ranks. But that's fine. Because what you do with this thing is that you fly it up, turn 1, hide it, Turn two, fly it over the enemy army and line up those rear charges. Because when you have change bringers charging from the front, or even a Lord of Change from the front, and a chariot in the back, yeah, you're going to be winning combats. This is nasty. And they're only 140 points. They're freaking free. <laughs> and that's, you know, the Zinch way of, the demon way of saying free. If anything costs yeah, yeah, I mean, points. No. Is <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, very 
pretty good. Uh, and since uh, Greater Demons do not take up a rare choice in this list, you can run two of them at 2,000 points along with the Order of Change. Funny thing is that they are not large targets. Oh. Yeah. The, the, only, the only chariots that are large targets are the Corn and Nurgle ones. The Slanesh and Zines are not large targets. Even though they're on cool. discs like the Changebringers, they're not large targets. Hmm. Um, I mean, this is, of course, both good and bad. I mean, if it was large target, it could charge over units because it has fly. So I guess that's yeah. why they don't because it would be too good, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, when they charge in, they have eight strength four attacks along with the D6 uh, plus four, D6 uh, strength four impact hits. Wow. They hit those things. They yeah. hit those things on threes. Of course, of course, because yeah. they're just getting quite poor. But still, quite a number of attacks for 140 points. That's a very good chariot, so to say. Very good chariot, definitely. The information of the Siege Demonic Legion is that it's a mobile gun line with a shit ton of power dice. My 2,000 point armor list has 9 power dice plus 3 bound spells at power level 6. So, a good thing to remember is that if you get into close combat too early in the game, like turn 2 or 3, you will probably start to take losses very quickly. So... Imagine you're playing Wood Elves. That's kind of what you're doing. Just running around. It's a mobile gun line. You're shooting things. And if you start, or if you face fast-moving 2-plus saves, you will most likely lose. It's going to be a rough match. Britannia are horrible for these armies. <laughs> Thank God I'm building a Britannia army slowly. Very slowly. Uh, <laughs> build it slower. Build it slower, Jimmy. Brother, spoke the four as one. Together we shall rule. Surrender to the darkness within your heart you know holds true. In his hand the sword of Cain did promise power untold, as God of light and God of murder battled for his soul. One by one the demons fell. An elf lord he stood tall. For should he fail upon his task then mortal world would fall. Upon the isle beneath the fight, wise mages cast their spells. And daemon minions howled in anguish, cursed to eternal hell. And on this day we bow our heads to he who world did save, Enarian the proud defender, Enarian the ever-brave. Um, we move on to the third of the gods. I mean, we, I mean I'm quite a biased here uh, when it comes to Nurgle, because like in the... I, I think Nur, Nur, I mean, we're going to go through this. Yeah, you got to know this. Um, the Nurgle is like the list of resilient resilience. It, it's the best thing about this entire army is cloud of freaking flies. Um, it's so good, it's almost boring. Um, Cloud of Flies is one of the best abilities ever, and we're going to go through why. Uh, but we'll first, we're going to start off with the big nasty, the great unclean one. This thing has 10 wounds. 10! Ten. 10 wounds! It's the only thing in the game that has 10 wounds. And on top of this, it has weapon skill 8 with Cloud of Flies. Cloud of Flies means you're at minus one to hit in close combat if you're in base-to-base -base with something with Cloud of Flies. So if you weapon skill eight with Cloud of Flies, most things are hitting on fives, and if you weapon skill three, you're hitting on sixes. Ouch. There's nothing in the game, I think, that's harder to kill than the Great Unclean One. The Great Unclean One is so good. I'm happy that it's slow, but damn, once you get into it, it's going to be hard to take it down. I mean, even War Machines yeah. are going to have a bad time taking this down. Yeah, I mean, even with the movement of four, I mean, it still moves eight inches a turn, which is yeah. not very far. But if you're not moving forward towards the Nurgle army, you may, I mean, eventually, if you're not playing like, I don't know, Wood Elves or something that can just avoid getting into close combat eventually, 
you have to get in there sooner or later. And this thing is going to be alive when you do, because you're not going to put 10 wounds into it easily. Nope. It's also a level 4 wizard. It has terror and large target and demonic and all those. It has cloud of flies. And then it has stream of corruption, which is a breath weapon with strength 3 and minus 2 armor save. So even if it just walks around, you have to stay 16 inches away, or no, 12 inches away from it to be out of stream of corruption range. So... Yeah, this thing is just an awesome general for a Legion of Nurgle. So good, so good. And uh, we're going to go through the spells in a bit, but overall, it has a weapon skill of 8, strength toughness 6, 10 wounds, and 6 attacks at initiative 4. This is the only greater demon that does not have initiative 10, because, you know, it's a big fat tub of lard. Yeah. So, you know, it, does, it doesn't. Uh, but it's just oh, so good, so good. And it's 600 points as well, it's quite cheap. Uh, for a greater demon. Um, now, for the demon prince, it actually it, it makes it a lot more resilient to be a Nurgle because it, get an, it gets an extra wound. So it goes up to five wounds instead of four. That actually does a lot. But the difference is that the demon prince has fly, which is in a Nurgle list, it adds speed and sort of like a finesse to an otherwise pretty slow, grindy army. Uh, it also has initiative eight, which is ridiculously fast. And you can get yeah. the demonic gift stream of corruption. So you have move 20, flame template, uh, with minus two armor save. It can hunt war machines, skirmishers, even knights with the minus two save with that uh, thing. So yeah, it, it gives you a lot of uh, speed and finesse, and uh, it works. Um, you probably don't want to upgrade it to a uh, to a wizard um, because it's just too expensive. Because Nurgle spells aren't really needed if you run the demon prince. Because it can have the blade of the ether, so it ignores armor saves. Otherwise, yeah. I'm gonna go through the spells in a bit because the demonic legion of Nurgle has sort of the same trouble like the Zinch armor list. If you have fast moving, not even fast moving, if you have two plus armor saves or something, they're gonna have trouble with this. Unless, of course, their entire lore of magic was dedicated to ignoring armor saves. Um, so first you look at it, it's like, oh, you only have strength four all over the place. It's like, yes, but so many spells ignore armor saves. Uh, first of all, I mean, they have six spells in their lore. And the first one is a magic missile called Boboos. Boboos. How do you pronounce that? I think it's Bubos. I'm, I'm not sure. Bubos. 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 Barbosa. Barbosa, that's the one. Barbola, Barbola, um, Barbara. Uh, you pick a single enemy model within line of sight, uh, 18 inches. Character in the unit, war machine, crew member, anything. Toughness test or suffer one wound, no armor save. Yeah, this is uh, yeah, this is all right. It's not very good. It's it's uh, very good versus uh, battle standard bearers, especially if they have toughness three. That's quite good. Uh, but then we have a spell called Poxus. It's a remains in play. It's a seven plus to cast. And you choose an enemy unit within 18 inches, and the entire unit reduces its weapon skill, physical strength, and leadership by one. And it's a remains in play spell. So you get minus in everything. And minus, the most important thing here is minus weapon skill, because Cloud of Flies. You know, this whole stacking thing is nasty. Um, the next one is Boils, a magic missile, 8 plus, line of sight, uh, 24 inches. Uh, no, actually, it's not a magic missile. Oh, so it, one enemy unit within line of sight and 24 so inches of the sorcerer. So it's better. Wow. It's better. Yeah, and it costs D6 strength 4 hits with no armor saves. So, and the next one scabs. Oh, this is this is great. 9 plus, pick a single character within line of sight. You can even single them out in a unit. The model reduces his toughness by 1 for the remainder of the game. So it's not remains in play. It just you get minus 1 toughness for the rest of the game. Wow. Thanks. 
Making yeah. everyone as weak as an elf. Yeah, and you don't have to take a toughness test either. It just happens. If you if you pass the casting roll, you get minus one toughness. If you're a monster, this really, really hurts. Yes. Um, the next spell is Afflictions, which is quite cool. Uh, you cast it uh, on the battlefield. Uh, there's no range. You pick one enemy unit on the battlefield that is not in close combat. Unlimited range, no line of sight. And that uh, is a remains in play. While the spell remains, the unit halves its movement value. If the unit is mounted, then the movement value of the mount is halved. Flying creatures, big thing here, may only use their ground movement, but they do not half their and, ground movement. Oh. And some flyers yeah. have very bad ground movement. Very bad. Like we just talked about with the Zinch uh, Demonic Legion, the chariots and the changebringers will be moving one inch. Same with the Screamers, uh, if I recall correctly. I think they're all one inch, yeah. Screamers are one inch. So it's horrible. Uh, the next spell is probably the best uh, spell in the game, at least one of them. Um, it's an 11 plus. It's called Pestilence, uh, for good reason. You cast this spell on a single enemy unit within 24 inches and line of sight. It's not remains in play, but you're effective for the rest of the battle, unless it's dispelled when cast. At the start of each magic phase, both the Chaos players and opponents, the affected units suffer D3, D6 strength 3 hits with the armor saves allowed. This is unbelievably powerful. 24 inches. You can basically cast this turn 1, and a unit will just wither and die during, through the course of the game. This is Curse of the Years all over again. It's basically Curse of, Year, Curse of Years, except that it's not remains in play. You can't get rid of it. You have to save your magic dice <sighs> oh, to dispel this every turn. Yeah, uh, the lores of magic uh, Nurgle are great. Uh, if you have a great unclean one, this is very nice because you don't ignore armor saves with him. But if you have a demon prince, you can just take Blade of the Ether and save those 160 points of magic levels and put them into something else, like more units. Uh, the Exalted Demon is probably the best of all Exalted Demons because it has four wounds instead of three. That's a 33% increase in survivability right there, just straight up. It's a great general for armies under 2,000 points. Uh, and yeah, you basically just yeah, either take Blade of the Ether if you're facing knights or something else. Spellbreaker is neat if you're not running magic. So, um, But then we move on to the Herald. The Herald is probably the most important for Nurgle armies. Uh, Nurgle armies like to play uh, long, grindy fights. And having that re-roll on the instability test is almost like a necessity. Um, also, the Herald of Nurgle has three wounds. It's a 50% increase in survivability, just for the Mark of Nurgle. And a greater icon and spellbreaker with a war banner. It does so much stuff. You don't even... Uh, I mean, it doesn't need Cloud of Flies. It doesn't have Cloud of Flies. It doesn't get it because Mark of Nurgle doesn't grant it. So, it, but it doesn't need it because you're standing next to plague bearers and they have it. The Herald is a must. You need to take this if you're playing Nurgle Demonic Legions. Um, you do not want your nine wound, the greater clean one, to go poof and disappear into the realm of chaos again. Yeah. Herald, take it always. Always give it a greater icon. Always, always, always. Remember, sharing is caring in Nurgle armies. Definitely is. So, they share everything, like Cloud Supplies. Um, plague bearers are the true core, the backbone, probably the most resilient core unit in the whole game. They are weapon skill four, and they have cloud of flies. Almost every single core unit in the game will be hitting these guys on fives. On top of that, you want to run a bigger unit with unholy icons, so you get the four plus ward save, because you are in it for the grind. This is a grindy army. Um, they also auto hit in melee because they can puke. 
And this is puking, not like trolls, but they auto-hit with strength three. And this is where there was a bit of discussion, actually, back in the days, and probably still is, but I think it's pretty straightforward. Uh, in general, Stream of Corruptions says that um, playbearers may choose to vomit for the grotesque spew of entrails, maggots, and filth. They basically sneeze at you. This is resolved definite, differently to the demonic gift with the same name, because this is also called Stream of Corruption. Not very well done by Games Workshop. They could have just given, you know, plague vomit or something. Um, but it's used in close combat instead of making normal attacks and allows the players to hit their opponents automatically and attacks are resolved with strength 3. All models in the unit must use the same kind of attack in a single combat round, although they may change their attack from round to round. This means that they will auto-hit on strength 3 instead of hitting on strength 4 as they usually do. It also means the champion gets to puke twice because it has two attacks. And it doesn't say that your attacks go down to one like it does with troll vomit. So the champion actually gets to puke twice. Um, I don't know if that's the way it's supposed to be. I know that the guy who won the grand tournament uh, many years ago, he played it like that and he just thought that's how it was supposed to be because it didn't say any different. And no one told him otherwise at the grand tournament. But there was a bit of a discussion. But since it doesn't actually say that you replace your normal attacks with this and you only get one, uh, it seems to be that the champion gets to puke twice. But in general, you always puke. Always, always, always puke. The only times you do not puke is versus toughness five opponents, where your puke wounds on sixes. And if you're facing toughness four opponents with weapon skill three, then you also don't puke. I don't know how many there are that are weapon skill three and toughness four. I think it's only like ogres. Orcs. Don't forget orcs. That's true. Orcs. Yeah, they only orcs only have weapon skill three. I thought they had four. No, that's big guns and black orcs. Oh, the big guns. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The big guns have the web skill four. Yeah, so basically versus normal orcs and ogres, you don't puke. Because then you'll be hitting on threes and wounding on fours instead of just wounding on fives. And statistically, that's better. I have the whole list of statistics, like for all, if you want to. But it's basically puke every time except versus these two things. <laughs> it's always better. Auto-hitting is very strong because... You can never hit on two plus in this game, almost never, unless you have some sort of magic item or spell. Because, you know, you can wound on two plus, but hitting only goes to three plus. So auto hitting is very strong. Um, and then we move on to the most cute of all the demons in the world. They're so cute. Nurglings. Nurglings. Oh, the little demon mites. Yeah, they're so pretty. They're like Nurgus little children. And these, they're not just, you know, cute and pretty and adorable. They're also unbelievably powerful. It's like power in disguise. Four attacks per base, and you can get four bases hitting a regular four-ranked unit. That's 16 attacks hitting on, you know, weapon skill 3, strength 3, 4 plus 4 plus, which is all right because, you know, 16 attacks. But the real kicker, they're a swarm, and they have weapon skill 3, and they have cloud of flies. So the opponent... Kind of like, yeah. Them. No, they won't... It's Kind of like rat swarms, they also have weapon skill 3, but they have worse strength and toughness, alright, but still. They're also skirmishers, but these guys also have the ward save, right? They have the ward save, and they have the ouch. power and, and they're also ouch. skirmishers. Ouch. Ouch. And since, I mean, you most of the time, if you're facing 4 basis of Nurglings with a regular, let's say, core unit, or even a special is, you know, like a sword masters or something, like an elite unit. 
you will not kill them. And they don't lose attacks because you won't remove the bases. So they always get their 16 attacks. And eventually you will, you know, kill one base. But they will actually reduce your number of attacks with all the attacks they do. But they're, you know, they usually they hit last unless they're facing great weapons. Um, they're very good versus things like great swords uh, or, you know, great weapon toughness three things. That strike because they, if they strike last, they will lose attacks, and they're usually just hitting on fives anyway. Uh, elite units will hit on fours, but that's not very good because you only have what five attacks, maybe six if you're standing five wide. That's not a lot. You have five attacks and you hit on threes. That's what three hits, three points something, and you don't, no, sorry, you hit on fours because of the cloud of flies. So that's 2.5 hits. And then you wound on twos, let's say, because, you know, you're, I don't know, Swordmasters again. I usually take them as an carry as freaking, yeah. freaking flanking. And they wound on twos. So you let's say you wound three, but then you have five plus ward save against this. And so you save one. So even, even Swordmasters, which is like one of the most elite unit out there for hitting things, they only kill one base every other turn. And this is, I mean, for the points, Nurglings are so, so powerful. Um, they're, what is it? Uh, they're 50 points each. No, 40 points even. They were reduced in this edition. They were 40 points wow. each. So and you can run one to five, and they're zero to one in a Hordes of Chaos army list. But in the Demonic Legion, you can run as many as you like because you know you have to take one for each uh, Plaguebearer unit anyway because of the true core rule. But they are so good. You usually want at least one unit, maybe two even. Um, the next unit is Plague Riders. Plague Riders are um, Plague Bearers on top of Beasts of Nurgle. Uh, Beasts of Nurgle are sort of new. They were released in the Storm of Chaos uh, book. Um, so they were actually, they never existed before the Demonic Legion in this edition. Well, that's not true, actually. They existed not in the Hordes of Chaos book. Um, and now they were re-released, so to speak. They were in the Raving Hordes list. Uh, along with the annual 2002 demonic army list as well. But these things, I don't know, I, I would always take two units. They are probably the best of all the cavalry options that we have in the demonic legion. Um, they're movement six. Movement six is very fast for Nurgle. And they're weapon skill four, just because they're plague bearers, right? Strength four, like plague bearers. But because they're on demon beast of Nurgle, they're toughness five. And they have three wounds, and it's initiative three. Um, the big deal with these, they're 80 points. The big deal with these is that they have D6 plus two attacks. In other words, uh, the demon beasts themselves have D6 plus one, and then they incorporate the plague bearer attack into that, but they do it on the same profile. So the plague bearer attack also benefits from, dum, 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 the big deal, poison attacks on this unit. So a unit of three of these gets an average of 16 attacks they auto-wound on sixes. They also have web skill four and cloud of flies and toughness five. So, I mean, yeah, you probably won't kill them. I remember back back when we were kids, my friend played um, Nurgle Demonic Legion and I played Slanesh. Oh my God, how me and my friends hated the Plague Riders. <laughs> uh, because, you know, nine wounds with toughness five and five plus ward save with cloud of flies and weapon skill four, they just don't die. They never do, you know? They're extremely resilient durable and for nurgle you know fast movement six ton of attacks poison which is you know god given quite literally uh yeah most 2k armies will probably want to run two by three of these or at least one unit of four uh yeah as long as you're not facing killing blow you will not die 
will notice that Killing Blow is a weakness for all the special units, and that's true. So Grave Guards are very, very scary, uh, all Demonic Legion. But in general, Undead aren't that scary because they can't use their strongest strength, uh, which is fear. Uh, so, yeah. And you also have magic attacks on the entire army because they're demonic. So, yeah. Dark Hands was usually quite a good match for Demonic Legion. Next one is, of course, the Chariot of Nurgle. Uh, it's gruesomely awesome, uh, model-wise, anyway, uh, because they're a chariot pulled by a demon beast of Nurgle, and you can add another demon beast. So they're 150 points, and for 30 points you can add another, which you always do, because they hit like oh, they hit like a train, man. Um, if you get the charge into a unit, it's 12 inches. I mean, they're movement six. It can happen. Uh, you will most likely decimate that unit almost completely, because you get these D6 strength five impact hits. 2d6 plus 2 poison attacks, and then another 2 attacks from the Plague Bearers, and they can also vomit. Um, the deal with this chariot is also that, like the corn chariot, it has unit strength of 5, so it'll break ranks. Um, but if you run them pulled by 2 Demon Beasts, this goes for corn and Nurgle, because they can have 2 mounts pulling it, they actually get rebased on a 100 times 100 base instead of 50 times 100, which makes them a little, they can be a little hard to maneuver. Um, the army, so quite long wheels and such because of the width. But yeah, this thing is awesome. If it's a large target, it has cloud of flies. It has five wounds, five plus armor save, five plus ward save. Oh, it's awesome. The big thing about the demon beast of Nurgle is that um, you roll one d6 for each beast of Nurgle to see how many attacks it has. Uh, in later editions, they changed this so you roll one d6 and then you multiply it by the number of models. But that's not how you did it here. At the start of every close combat phase, you just roll a d6 and see how many attacks each have. Well, this is a lot better because it evens out. You can sort of count on it more. Uh, but yeah, it's very, very good. In summation of the Derm Nurgle Demon Army, it's like there's like nothing bad there. Um, it's probably one of the top tier armies of 6th edition. It's so hard to kill that it nearly always won the grind. If the opponent did the mistake of charging into you, you probably won. Um, but there aren't a lot of high strength attacks. So if you have a very good armor, um, you can do well, unless, you know, they have a lot of magic that ignores armor. So it's a very strong, very strong army. Uh, there's a reason I don't own that Demonic Legion anymore, because I actually thought they were too boring to play, because they just were just too good. Um, probably rather just play it with Hordes of Chaos, and then it's a little more balanced. <laughs> uh, I agree. It's... Let's move on to the Dark Prince of Chaos, the greased lightning of the demonic gods, because Slanesh is the army looking at scenes demonic legions going like, oh, that's cute. Are you trying to be fast? Uh, because this is the fastest army in the game. There's nothing that comes even close to this. This is also why it's a lot of fun to play, which is why I played it back in the day. I played it for many years through many editions. Slanesh demon armies are always fun because they're so fast. And anyone who has played 6th edition for a long time knows that movement is what wins you games. The movement phase, that's where you win. Um, if you know your movement, you will most likely do very well in a, a game and in a tournament. And if you have movement of 10, like most Slanesh things do, you cannot really be bad at movement. At least not. It's, it's easier anyway. Um, so let's start with the big Kepper. The Keeper of Secrets, movement 8, weapon skin 9, uh, strength, toughness, and wounds 6, attack 6, initiative 10, and leadership 9, which goes to 10 in the Demonic Legion. It's 625 yeah. points, level 4 wizard, from Lore of Slanish, 
Uh, the lore of Slanash, I, I know that you guys went through the lores a bit when you did the yeah. Warriors. We, yeah, we, we just touched a few spells for, for like, uh, cavalry-based armies, which are good for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, and, and then, of course, you... I think it, where you guys talked about this on the last episode, or, or maybe the previous one before that, where you guys, where the, the Slanish lore is is very very powerful when it comes to controlling movement. Yes. And um, this is also what makes it fun, you know, for for you and not so much for your opponent. Exactly. Uh, but in, anyway, uh, keeper secrets, level four wizard, large target, uh, terror, and all that stuff, all that jazz. It has soporific musk. Which is that any enemy in base contact with a demon with this gift half their weapon skill and initiative. Bye bye, <laughs> swordmasters. Exactly. This means that in combat, in close combat, there are two things in the game that hit a keeper's secrets on fours. Everything else hits on fives. We've already talked about those two, which is the bloodthirster and the blood dragon vampire lord, because they have weapon skill ten. So if you weapon skill nine and you half all your opponent's weapon skills, yeah, yeah, they're not going to be hitting you easily. I've actually had the Keeper of Secrets kill a Great Unclean One in the challenge uh, over the course of a game because the Great Unclean One can't hit it. Uh, so even if it has 10 wounds, the Keeper of Secrets sort of grinds it down. Um, it also has the Aura of Slanish, which is, of course, that uh, if you're in base contact with an enemy unit with his gift, you get minus one leadership. Also quite fun in the specific challenge versus the Great Unclean one because you actually force it to take an instability test every turn because you win the combat every turn. <laughs> so, yeah. <it's> <laughs> um, in general, it's expensive. Uh, 625 points is a lot. Um, the Slanish spells, controlling movements. Uh, the base spell that you can choose is a magic missile with 12-inch range, D6 strength, 6 hits. This is very strong a base spell that you can choose. Um, even with 12-inch range, it's like, yeah, that's short. It's not really short. Not for a Slanish army. Because everything moves like, what, 8 to 20 inches. So 12-inch range is like, you know, it's like having a 24-inch range for Slanish. Um, in the, the other spell, the second one, you can force an uh, enemy unit to become frenzied. So you choose an, uh, actually, even a friendly unit as well, a friend or foe within 24, and the unit becomes subject to Frenzy until defeated in combat. And of course, this means that you cast it on your opponent, and you fly something up there, or move something up there, and make them, force them to charge it. Force them to charge into your 18 unit of demonettes, or something like that. It's also suffers D6 strength 3 hits every time, um, what do you say, at the start of each turn, both player turns. Uh, and this is not a remains in play. You can't dispel it. You have to lose combat to get rid of it. Insulating delusions. Yeah, you guys have spoken about that. Mark a point on the tabletop, and in the remaining move parts of the movement phase, the affected unit must move directly and quickly as possible towards that point. We'll charge and fight any enemy unit that lies along the line of advance. I've used this so many times versus Chaos Knights um, to make them march move and then charge them with the Keeper of Secrets in the next turn. Empire Knights. Ouch. Ouch. Generally... Very good versus cavalry because they just run away from the rest of their army into your charge range. You know, it's it's tasty. Respectable um, torture you cast on an, an unengaged enemy character within 24 inches. He will attack the unit he's with. Uh, yeah, that's fine. It's okay. Not not very good for nine plus cast. Um, also depends on what kind of army you face. I mean, like if if you face blood dragons, of course you want to cast it because they're gonna slay their units. Same way if you face 
corn units. But otherwise, like you say, nine plus is is it? It's not going to do a lot. It's not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you are very correct. Yeah, casting out on a on a cast lord of corn in a unit. Yeah, he, he will basically kill his own unit by himself. <laughs> so yeah. There are situations where this is very strong, but uh, it's it's quite expensive, and in many matchups it won't do a lot. But ironically, versus chaos, it's very very good. Um, Enrapturing spasms, another one of those one of the best in the game things. You cast it on an enemy unit within 18 inches, even if it's in combat. It cannot move in the movement phase, cannot shoot, attack in close combat, or cast spells, nor maintain remaining play spells, which will be immediately dispelled. You hit automatically in close combat. The target unit is also immune to psychology as long as the spell is in play, but they take break to as normal with the force two. Doesn't work on immune to psychology, but this is probably. I mean, you basically make uh, an enemy unit completely stationary and auto hit. Can't fight. It just it just stands there and takes saves. So good, and it's only on a ten plus. So well worth throwing five dice at this. At least four anyway. This off. So good. Um, the next spell is one uh, that's very strong for demons specifically. It's a remains in play spell. You cast it on a friendly or an enemy unit. Um, the unit becomes unbreakable, which replaces instability for demons. Which means that if you have the, you know, that unit of demonettes, you can actually make it unbreakable. Which means it will grind a lot of opponents down. Oh yeah. Because they also fight, very know, the 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 second use for this spell is throwing it on screening fast cavalry enemy units so that they can't flee as a charge reaction. Very important. Very important. Oh, oh, Especially yeah. When you're charging them with, like, movement 10 things. Because you want to charge far, and if they can't yeah. run away, then, you know, that's where you are. Then you move up the board and they lose a unit. This is quite fun. I, I love that you can cast it on an enemy as well. And it also works on enemies that are already immune to psychology compared to the rapturing spasms. Um, so yeah, that's sort of the Keeper Secrets. Um, he's expensive, but he is quite cool, and the rule of cool is the way to go, of course. But the real winner of the Slanish army, Demonic Legion, is the Demon Prince. The Demon Prince is probably a better choice than the Keeper Secret in 99% of the cases, because of one thing, it gets always strike first. This is probably one of the most powerful rules in 6th edition, because it was very rare. Uh, in seventh edition, the entire high elf army got always strike first, and it became sort of like you know a thing. But in sixth edition, is very rare. And when you have a demon prince with always strike first that has blade of the ether and soul hunger, means that I once flew my demon prince of Slanesh in front of an entire Britannian lance, a Grail Knight lance, and I said, "Yeah, go ahead, charge me." He did, and then I killed five knights, and he didn't get to hit back. And, well, you know, everything else. I just ran them down. Because when you strike first, and you ignore armor saves, and you reroll to hit, and you have weapon skill 8, hitting on 3s with a reroll, wounding on 2s, versus all knights out there, almost. I mean, you're killing 4 to 5 knights every turn. And you hit before they do, which means they barely get to hit back. Usually you take a champion to their face. Who cares? Probably won't hit anyway. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, the Demon Prince is the way to go. This is a monster. Um, and the always strike first thing is so, so powerful. Because in 6th edition, when you charge, you strike first. Even if you have great weapons. Unless the opponent has the rule, always strike first. This is, yeah, this is, I mean, I, I, I would take this thing and no magic levels. Keep them trimmed. 420 points with Soul Hunger, Blade of the Ether, probably Spellbreaker, uh, so you get that scroll in there. And 
you can use all other points for units. This is uh, one kind of build for Slanish. This is actually the only Demonic Legion where I would even consider running a Demon Prince and an Exalted Demon, because they also get Always Strike first, first and can have Blade of the Aether. So they can both sort of do the same thing. Um, and they become sort of these Bash Bros team, you know, like in Mighty Ducks. And they just kill everything. Um, very, very good. But that's very expensive. So the Exalted Demon, might, you might not want to take that in there. Um, if you do run large infantry units, uh, I don't specifically. When I run a Slanish Legion, I prefer to run 10-man uh, units of uh, Demonic Demonets. Uh, just to fill up those core choices and run around uh, to max out on pleasure seekers and such. But if you do run large infantry units, which is quite common with uh, Slanesh, uh, three times 18 demonets is uh, quite standard. It's very good. You run them six wide, it's very good. Uh, then you definitely want a herald and you want the icon. Uh, like I do, you don't need a herald because everything will be out of 12 inch range <laughs> and mounting the herald isn't an option. It just dies. Never put the herald on a mount ever. Always keep it on foot. Always keep it in a unit, unless you're playing corn. Keep it outside the unit. <laughs> oh so, yeah. If you run infantry a lot, uh, run the herald. If you don't, don't take it. It's better to invest more points in other things. Demonets are quite wicked for their point cost. They are quite good. Um, demonets are 15 points. Um, their movement five, so quite fast for infantry. Strength 4, also a big deal. Weapon skill 4, strength 4. Initiative 5 and 2 attacks. They only have a toughness of 3 because they're, you know, tiny. Uh, but they hit very hard and they hit fast and they have a lot of attacks. And they also have the aura of Slanish, which means that you get the minus 1 save. Uh, minus, oh, sorry, minus 1 leadership if you're base to base with them. So if you're running the 18 units, uh, you often outnumber your opponent and cause them to auto break if they lose. And if they don't alter break, they still get the minus one leadership. So, yeah, uh, they work in all sizes from 10 to 18, depending on what style of army you play. And um, when you win those combats by like one, that aura of Slanish is really going to kick in. So they don't like shooting because they're toughness three and they don't have an armor save. They only have the five plus ward save. So they really die quite quickly to shooting, especially like, you know, bow and arrows, elves. Are very good at shooting demonets. The demonets can sit on their small horses. This is also a new thing for the demonic legion. Um, the uh, mounted demonets. In uh, later editions, these were called seekers, which is quite confusing because the special unit in this edition is called seekers, uh, pleasure seekers. So the mounted demonets. They're basically demonets on a 10-inch move mount that also has one attack, uh, but it has always strike first on that tongue. It basically licks your opponent in the face with poison attack and always strike first. This means that you can actually get charged. If you have like a five fast cav, these are, they're not, they're fast cavalry and they're movement 10. Probably the fastest fast cavalry in the game, I think. Um, I don't think anything else has movement 10 other than Slanish. No, no, that's correct because Elven Steeds have movement 9, so these are the fastest cavalry in the game. They are the fastest of all. And they are... Quite cool. They're 30 points each, so a unit is only 150 points, and they're ridiculously fast for that point cost. They have initiative 5, always strike first on the mounts, and 5 attacks from the mounts that usually cause us a wound or two before the opponent that charged even hits you. So that removes an attack or two. Uh, and you have weapon skill 4, they'll be hitting on 4s, so you can often take a charge with just like a 5-man fast cab unit from, you know, not the, of course combat units, but in general, smaller things. And that's more than most fast cavalry units can actually say. They flee from charges for a reason. Um, because if they stay, they need to know that, well, you know, either you die, but you keep the opponent in place, 
or you run away and you force them to go somewhere bad. But demoness can actually take a charge to the face and hold their own all right. Because they won't all die to the instability test. They probably lose combat because of ranks and stuff. But they will not all die to the instability. Especially if you have a reroll. Which means they'll stay in place. And that's quite neat. Uh, they're all right. And uh, they're also, I mean, movement 10 means you charge 20 inches and you break ranks. Because you use strength 2 per model. Sometimes you would like to run five of these and you run them three wide and two in the back because they become sort of like small arrows that can just flank charge things or even rear charge things and just remove those ranks and get that bonus into your demonet fights. Very good. Um, unit or two, I would take always. Um, the next one is I always take three of these units, three units of four pleasure seekers. They're 55 points, so they're by far the cheapest of the cavalry in the special unit section. They're demonets mounted on Steeds of Slanish. Uh, the big thing to remember with all these special units, if you don't have the Storm of Chaos book on hand, is that even though they're demonic cavalry, they all they all have a single profile. They don't have like, you know, like horses do, or like regular cavalry, where you hit the rider and then the horse. These guys actually have a combined stat line, and this is good. Um, Flesher Seekers are mounted on 50mm bases as well. Uh, the square ones. They're unit strength 3 and they uh, also have aura of slanish because, you know, they're demonets. But they're movement 10, which is huge because they move 20 inches. They're not fast cav, but they're still... They, they, they have 4 attacks each, weapon skill 4, strength 4. So a unit of 4 of these, they can actually charge almost any, any infantry unit right in the front and just chew through them through sheer volume of attacks. Um, I mean, the 16 attacks, hitting on threes, wounding on threes, they do a lot of damage. If you don't have a Griffin standard or something to help you, they're, I mean, you're going to lose eventually. Um, and they're only 55 points as well, so they're quite cheap. So, yeah, you want to run a, a bunch of these. And, of course, if they shoot you down, because you're three wounds with toughness four, so quite resilient for being slanish, um, even if they shoot some down, they uh, break ranks as long as there are two of them, because they're unit strength of three. It's very, very good. It's very, uh, you, you will notice that through this entire talk, I've talked a lot about breaking ranks, because it's very important for demons to win combats. Even by just for like one or two, because they definitely don't want to lose combats. It's very, very dangerous for them. So, yeah, it's uh, and breaking ranks will make things run away. And um, pleasure seekers and stuff are and uh, mounted demoness are very good at running things down. Um, next thing and the last thing in the entire uh, demonic legion rundown is the chariot of slanish. They are so cheap. They're 130 points, movement 10, but they also have scythed wheels and strength five. So they can do D6 plus 1 impact hits. Uh, they have 4 wounds. Um, there are 2 demonets riding it. So there's 4 attacks there. And then there's 2 mounts, which is another 2 attacks with always strike first as well. Um, the big deal, kind of, that can be... I mean, I, I talked about not mounting the Herald uh, because they die easily. But the Chariot of Slanesh actually has a unit strength of 4. Which means if you put a Herald on there, it goes to 5 which means it breaks ranks. Um, so there, I mean, I did, I, I played this a bit when I was younger, uh, when 6th edition was a thing, you know, still going strong back in those days. Uh, but as soon as you, I mean, as soon as you face something that can shoot down four wounds with toughness four, not very good to have a herald on there. But in lower points, it's actually a thing. If you're playing, you know, under under 2,000 points, or maybe 1,500, or even 1,250, you can actually run a herald, a cheap herald on a chariot, 
and it'll break rank, and it'll do a lot of impact. It's a lot of damage, so it makes sense. Auto hitting with strength five and scythe wheels is always nice. So they're very cheap, very fast. I think you should always take as many as you can, one or two, depending on the point values. Um, always worth taking. In summation, yeah, it's um, I mean ridiculously fast army slanish. Yeah, it's it's so fast, and they have so many attacks, and they're great fun to play. Because playing fast armies is fun, at least in my opinion. Uh, I really enjoy fast armies. Maneuverability is, uh, yeah, it's enjoyable. And you can all, like playing a Demonic Legion, you can mix and match all these units if you wanna. We just went through, if you wanna go mono lists. I mean, I think they're, these lists are stronger by going mono god, but it can make so many fun combinations in in your army list going with a un, undivided so to say army list definitely um it's the whole combination of like um uh, so what is it like zinch and uh, nurgle and getting all that i mean getting cloud of flies on models that are hitting your horrors i mean all of a sudden <laughs> yeah survive. they just don't die i mean the, if you run an undivided general, or as we talked about before, Bellacor, uh, who is undivided, um, you can mix everything. Go nuts. And you, so you can run, you know, like demons do nowadays. One unit of each god and stuff. Um, yeah. Most of us purists feel that it doesn't feel right. But when it comes to, if you're running Bellacor, it's actually very fluffy to run everything in one yes. big pile. Um, and speaking of Bellacor, should we talk a bit about him? Yeah, let's do so. Uh, Bellacor is a lord and a hero slot, and he's the special character that has... He's basically the one who created the Demonic Legion. He decided them... He just, he didn't want it to be like, you know... He didn't want our demons to be uh, silly little summon things for the warriors or the beasts. He wanted his own legion. And he is the first of all demon princes. Uh, I think Fluffwise has actually been discussed that he... The, all the chaos... All the four chaos gods created Bellacor together because they wanted to see if they could make a demon prince, but they couldn't decide whose blessing he should have, so he didn't get any, which is why he's so very powerful, because it's it's sort of like he got all of it. Um, he's He has five spells, which is, you know, very zinshi of him. Uh, he has, uh, what is it called, insurmountable range, which is very, you know, uh, he needs to charge if there's something close to him. Sounds very corny. Yes, uh, what do you call it? Eternal Terror, which just sounds very slaneshi. He always has terror. And, uh, you know, he, he has all these things. And um, he has the Mark of Chaos undivided, which means he gets to reroll psychology tests. Big deal. Um, yeah. It's 650 points. It's very expensive. And he has five wounds, strength toughness five, weapon skill nine, nine initiative nine, and five attacks. A lot of fives straight across. Fives and nines. That's what he leaves. But the thing that changes, he's the first demon prince, but he's also the only demon prince that's a large target, so he can be seen. But that's sort of fine, because all enemy shooting aimed at Bellacor, or any unit in his army, get minus one to hit. So he's, he sort of has the benefits of large targets, and not the negatives. Yeah. And, I mean, his entire army, everything, has, the entire enemy army has minus one to hit on shooting, if you're facing Bellacor. This is massive this is probably one of the best latent abilities in the game it's just there you don't have to do anything for it to be there this is why special characters often need <laughs> opponent's approval um <laughs> uh, basically he has this awesome rule called whispers in the darkness 
all enemies suffer minus one to all attempts to rally. Enemy units within six of Velikor suffer minus one to any leadership-based test they take. So an enemy within six of Velikor suffers minus two if they're going to rally. Um, if you combine this with the Aura of Slanesh, you basically lower all enemy units that are close to Velikor with minus two leadership. Um, so running a Slanesh Legion with Velikor is actually very strong. Especially the minus one to hit them. The toughest three doesn't seem so bad. Um, also, if you can't try to cast spells at Velikor, you will miscast on any roll of a double. So... If the spell is cast at him with Irresistible Force, it will be cast with the Irresistible Force. Then the wizard will suffer an immediate miscast. So you'll get both. The, bell, the spell will go through, and then it will be a miscast. And then, of course, his rule, Eternal Terror. This is so horrible. He causes terror, as in, you know, as in the rule book. However, so terrifying is he that a unit must take a terror test every time they are charged or wish to charge Bellacor or if he's within six of them at the start of their turn, even if they've already passed a terror test early in the game. This is ridiculous. It's sure so, it's so scary. scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is so scary. He is like the scariest thing ever. Um, and at the start of each turn, he has to take a leadership test. If he fails, he must charge an enemy. And if there's no one in range that he can see, uh, he must charge an enemy if there is one in range, sorry, that he can see. If there are no, one, no enemies in range, he must move towards the closest enemy model, stopping one inch away from them. Um, so angry. So angry. He also rerolled all failed rolls to hit, but he also must pursue fleeing enemies that break from combat. So he, he sort of has frenzy-ish, but not as bad as frenzy, but still, it's not as bad, what do you call it? The level of badness is not as bad, but the level of goodness is twice as good. Um, so yeah, rerolling all failed to hit rolls, very good for him. Um, other than that, he has his own spell list with five spells that only he knows. And they're all very, very good. The basic one, uh, Bolt of Dark Light, uh, cast 7+, plus, range 18, magic missile, d6, strength 5 hits. Quite powerful. Next one is Nightmare. Cast it on a visible enemy unit, which is most enemy units, because, you know, large target. Um, True. And not in close combat. Um, and if it's successfully cast, the, it immediately needs to take a panic test. Combine this with the fact that he has fly and the fact that he lowers the leadership to enemies within six inches. He can, and I mean, with the Slanesh stuff, you, you, can, you can skew this quite badly. But I mean, if you had a spell that cost a panic test with minus one, that's a very good spell. Oh, um, then he has Curse of the Dark Master. Obviously, oh, this is so great. Cast on any an enemy unit anywhere on the battlefield, even in close combat. If successfully cast, all models in the unit suffer a penalty of minus one to all the rolls to hit, both shooting and close combat. And it remains in play. Let's just, you know, take in for a fact that all enemy shooting is already at minus one to hit because he's on the table. If you have Nurgle units, you have Cloud of Flies. This stacks really badly. So either you give a shooting unit minus two to hit, or a close combat unit, minus two to hit. It's very powerful. And it's casting value eight plus. It's so powerful. So yeah. powerful. Um, also, yes, Fog of Death. Cast on ten plus. Each enemy unit on the table suffer DC strength three hits. Randomized as per missile hits. So all enemy units on the table takes D3 strength three hits. Yeah, wood elves are going to hate this. Um, Same as uh, gunline, gunline artillery list. I mean, there's still a chance you will hit the crew. There's definitely a chance you'll hit the crew. And uh, once your fanatics are out, they're going to hate this. Yeah, they will. <laughs> yes, uh, they released all my fanatics. Oh, they're gone. God damn it. Dang it. 
But uh, you actually have to roll the dice for all your own units. And on a 4+, plus, you get affected as well. So it has a bit of a drawback. Uh, next one. This is so great. Oh, I just... I want you to think of um, the spell in Lore of Nurgle that lowers the toughness by one for the remainder of the game. And then we read the, this spell. On 12+, plus, cast on a single unengaged enemy model within 12 of the caster. You can pick out, you know, whatever you want inside units or War Machine Crews or whatever. Victim must immediately take a toughness test. If failed, the model is crushed to death. No armor saves or ward saves are allowed. Roll of six is always a failure. If you don't have a toughness value, you fail only on a six. But in combination with lowering your toughness for the rest of the game, this can potentially destroy a lot of characters or that one important character. Yeah, like no armor saves or ward saves are allowed. That that's that's gonna be nasty. It's going to be so horrible. I mean, yeah. I, I remember when this was released, my friend played Balakor and he fought uh, a great and clean one. So he cast that spell for fun and then he guy rolled a six. <laughs> and it was just, well, that's that's no fun. <laughs> because the six is always a fail. It's like, uh, what is it? A 12.5% chance of auto killing yeah. any character in the game? <laughs> and I mean, if you're doing this to elves, that's like a four plus and they die. <laughs> Chris, do you hear this? You're gonna love this. If I recall correctly, Teclis has toughness too, right? Uh, depends on which potion is drinking. So oh, generally, yeah, right. Generally, he's dead. That's true. Yeah, yeah. In general, he's dead. If the if the spell goes through, the thing is that it says no armor saves or ward saves are allowed. I don't know how it is with regeneration, but that seems to be so rare in this edition, so it's not really much of an issue, I guess. I think you are allowed to do regeneration because you regenerate after you're dead. Even if you lose all your wounds, you'd roll regeneration at the end of the combat resolution or at the end of the phase. So That's trolls, yeah, yeah, so yeah, trolls yeah. might be able to stand up, yeah, and some you know some that. models that, that that model with that certain magic item that gives you regeneration. Exactly. Oh, I always take the twisted crown of the horned rat when I build army lists for Mexican. Or even for my Chaos Warriors, the, what's it called? The other, the regeneration crown in there as well. So, yeah, a regeneration, that's true. In 6th in edition, it's not an additional save. It's a, it's very own thing. It works very uniquely. Um, in later editions, it became sort of a save and became sort of dull. In this edition, it was kind of cool and unique. Uh, so, yeah, you do get regeneration. So for that one character that decided to take that one magic item, they will live. Uh, yeah. The others will these poor, simple folk, too fearful or too dull-witted to see the vulgarity and evil in their own midst. They wail and complain about my uncompromising methods, but who among you can say that hanging half a village is a high price to pay for the assurance that corruption has been exposed and destroyed this day? Ernst Trogat, Templar Witch Hunter. So I think that's a rundown of the entire Demonic Legion army list. This is going to be yeah. such a long episode, isn't it? <laughs> it will be. It will be the longest by far. Nice. Sorry, guys. It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> because now we got a real thorough list. It also gave me some ideas because I have a lot of demons on Spruce. <laughs> and so. to be fair... I was just going to ask, if, if you know anyone who has some big-handed horrors, let me know, okay? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I can yeah, trade right them if you have them. Mission. I can I can trade them a third edition great unclean one for the horrors. <laughs> After hearing all that Nurgle talk, how can you not want to play the Nurgle Demonic Legion? Yeah, I know, right? 
So, uh, no friends. <laughs> uh... <laughs> no, I did have so. So uh, the thing I wanted to talk about now is kind of like uh, usage of models because we have a lot of models from the demon ranges from the from from, from the current range from GW and a lot of them can be used in this army list. Uh, I mean we have we have we now have all the demon princes in plastic. Uh, the basing is kind of what you need to decide what to do with because normally the greater demons had had 10 by 10 millimeter bases i would definitely allow people to use larger bases i know i would do that myself i would definitely it, it, it's, use a, a it's a drawback it's it, it's definitely a, a drawback it depends i think it depends on the greater demon i i have two lords of change in front of me right now and one of them is based on a chariot base you know the 50 by 100 yeah, um, but that's all only because then I could potentially play it in uh, like you know later editions. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the, the, the other one is based on a fifty times fifty. Uh, but if you look at the newer models, I think that the the Bloodthirster can probably fit on a proper base, but the Lord of Chains. Nope. Is, well, <laughs> no. <laughs> and no, definitely it, 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 not on the Great Unclean one. That's too big of a model. Unless oh, you make a yeah. very 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 strange scenic base going small at the base and going wider way up. Yeah, if you, if you have the weirdest possible rock or something for it to stand on, it could work. But no, yeah. the new Great Unclean one will not be very good here. But I'm still going to say, they, they look great on square bases. I have seen all fours on square bases. Uh, the, the only thing is that it's, it's going to be bad for you who play demons because a lot of more models are going to be able to hit back if you use larger bases. Yeah, this is really only a negative thing, really. I mean, yeah. If they're sure, so there might be some like you know line of sight, uh, maybe increase yeah. and such. But in general, it'll be bad for you, and especially if you're running the chariot base, because I think that the the Lord of Change can probably fit pretty well on a chariot base because it has this like stance. Yeah. Where it's uh, one one foot forward, one step behind, moonwalking again, and uh, but then you only increase your flank, which is just bad for yeah. you. Yeah. So nobody should object to this. Uh, it's just a, it's just. Use those awesome models, and if your opponent has an issue, play a proxy base in front of the model. If that's yeah, it it works. Uh, just put yeah. a fifty millimeter square in front of it and say that's where it actually is. Nobody should be whining. You're playing a dead edition for God's sake. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean the new models are amazing, and I think that um, many of the cavalry models. I mean, the f new fiends of Slanesh are awesome pleasure seekers. Oh yes. And uh, I would very, mount them. Very good Countess. Very good Countess. My Blood Crushers, I've actually mounted on 50 by 75 millimeter bases, um, just so I can use them in later editions as well. And yeah. uh, that, again, that only makes it worse for me because their flanks are wider. Um, yeah. But the Fiends of Slanesh would look great on those bases, 50 by 75. And they would fit most of all. I actually got some of those new Fiends uh, home last year when they were released. And I decided to try and play, play them in ninth age, so I decided to put them on 40 millimeter bases, like fiends are supposed to be. And then I ended up selling them all and buying 25 of the old metal fiends <laughs> instead. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, screw this, this thing won't even fit 
Sure, it can fit, but then it can't rank up because there are tails and claws all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but on a 50 by 75, it looks That's going to... Yeah. And, uh, like, we all know there are plenty of, like, Herald models out there. There are plenty of Demon Prince models out there. And you can use something in between to just build yourself a demonic herald. No, no, the uh, exalted demon, like they, since they are demon princess light edition. Exactly, and Bellacor is still for sale, I think. Yeah, he is. Um, and he's probably the most gorgeous demon prince that Chaos Workshop has ever done. Oh yes, he sure is. It's such a gorgeous model, and it it has aged so well, except you know size wise, but model wise is yeah, gorgeous. yeah. Model wise, he is perfect. He's also just with a different paint job. I mean, I I used to play Bellacor, uh, and I painted him in all like uh, pinkish to play him as a Slanish demon prince because I replaced his uh, sword with a uh, with a whip from the Bloodthirsters. It became a oh cool. Cool. And, uh, yeah, actually, I just forgot about that. I just reminded me. I just remembered that I actually did replace it with. That was cool. That was not so bad for 17 years old. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was uh, even the Bellacore model painted in a different paint scheme works really well for all the gods. You might want to, you know, get him some man boobs and a gut if you're doing Nurgle. But other <laughs> than that, he's, he's really, he works really well yeah. for all the queens. So. Yeah. And uh, for a Corey. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, Creature Caster, you have Mirrors Miniatures, you have all these different companies that make amazing demon models. Creature yeah. Caster is by far my favorite. They're so weird. The scene stuff up there is just, their eyes all over the place, for God's sake. Uh, awesome. Uh, yeah, the new models work really well. The new Beast of Nurgle work really well. You can actually even put, I mean, Plague Drones are basically Plague Riders. If you take the. Yeah. Plague Rider model and put them on a Beast of Nurgle, it kind of fits very well. Yeah. You can, even, you, yeah, you, can... you can do that, or you can also use the the current uh, Beasts of Nurgle for for those models as well. It's true, because they only have one stat line. Yeah. They don't even need the Rider. Uh, back in 6th edition, many people converted these into weird beasties that didn't have Riders, because exactly. they had one yeah. profile. So you just don't forget that they're not immune to killing blow. <laughs> <laughs> True. But it's actually quite good to trick your opponent. Don't have a rider on them. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I run old Beasts of Slanesh as Pleasure Seekers, so that works. I mean, they work perfectly. Mm -hmm. that, oh, so. yeah. And uh, Changebringers, easy to convert. I mean, you need a disc and a flamer. Simpler than that, it doesn't get. Yeah. Um, it definitely doesn't. And the discs are very easy to make yourself. Um, Either you make them from plastic card and green stuff and things, or you just take, I don't know, you can use Screamers for discs. <laughs> that yeah. also works. Um, or build your own from Screamer bits. Um, I yeah. just ordered uh, 10 Chaos Stars, uh, like it, like one inch uh, in diameter, to put on plastic card because I'm going to build my own discs for the change bringers. Cool. Um, yeah, you definitely, I mean, I'm trying to build it because I have all the old stuff. I don't want the new discs because they don't fit. <laughs> They're too good looking. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be uglier. Uh, you look too old, good. Stop you know, it. Yeah, that's why. But I mean, like uh, otherwise, if everything's too, you were a bit laggy there. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, although, if if you do want to use plastic discs, looking very cinchy, you can buy the the cool uh, beastmen's on discs from uh, whatever the army is called in Age of Sigmar. Yeah. 
the Those bottles are, are great, fantastic. but you can you can also use them completely to change breakers because their bows could be their their throwing attacks is like only short ranged. But yeah, yeah those. Yeah. Oh yeah. Design but uh, on otherwise, or whatever they're called. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, the the tricky part playing this list is the chariots because we only have a slanish chariot out there. Uh, there's a burning chariot. Oh yeah, there is. There is. I forgot about that one. So we have two, two out of four. So I mean, the corn one. It, you could practically use the the throne thingy, Majingi from uh, the current line. Just it's it's a bit of count ass, but you could also use the the chaos chariot and use that blood beast or whatever it's called. That's what the big thing pulling it and have it count as a juggernaut or just put a juggernaut in front of it. I mean, it's a very big metal chariot. It's gonna work out. I think that um, the the corn chariot works really well because you can use a chaos warrior chariot with, with yeah. juggernauts, of course. But it's the same for the Nurgle, really. You just, I mean, the Nurgle yeah. chariot with the new beast. And the, uh, what I really want, though, I will probably take an orc chariot for the Nurgle one. Because I really like the Nurgle stuff to be wood, so that it can be yeah. sort of, you know, gross. Yeah, uh, like, yeah, all the rotten wood. All that rotten wood, yeah, that works really well. Um, so, yeah, making them is quite fun. And um, the fact that they're on 100 times 100 bases, you can do like a whole scenic thing on them. Um, yes. Because they look really neat. You can With Nurgle, you might want to have, the, you know, the Citadel wood trees and stuff that look all dead and gross. And maybe some... Uh, from the new giant stuff, like the signs and the cage and everything. It's, yeah, you can do a lot there. Um, you can definitely... And the, what I like to do with the Nurgle Chariot, you can actually use the new special character that's on a, a huge slug, uh, a huge snail. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Horticule Slimax. Exactly. You can actually use him straight up as a yeah. Nurgle Chariot. With, with one beast, of course. But yeah, you just put him on a larger base and some scenic stuff, and you can just count it as two. Uh, True. Doesn't matter. It's actually the, the entire Nurgle line does really well. Um, yeah. The, the demonic legion. They basically filled it out during the course of the years. Uh, and mounted demonettes. They exist nowadays. Yeah. In plastic, you can just get them. Screamers are plastic. I mean, and now you can. Yeah, cr crushers are plastic. Buy... Yeah, crushers are plastic too. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I would probably use blue horrors uh, for horrors because they're smaller. So it yeah. kind of looks more fitting because horrors are supposed to be kind of small and you know the web still two toughest three they're tiny magical things um so if i if i would go a new route today with the plastic models i would definitely buy blue horrors and then i would uh, if i would went mixed i would actually buy brimstone horrors and use for nurglings <laughs> oh <laughs> cool uh, if you make like a zine themed list uh yeah that could work and nurglings are gorgeous the new models are fantastic so yeah they are they're so much more I mean, they're so much fun. They're, they they almost went back to like the third, fourth edition style where they. Were yeah, yeah, I know, I know. This is they kind of did the whole thing design-wise with all demons nowadays because they look a lot of a lot like the old fourth slash fifth edition demons, although very modernized. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I remember when they first released the plastic blood letters, and the, all of us old hammer types is like, "Hey, I've seen that before." <laughs> I know this look. That's not a beastman with an axe. This is a true blood letter. Yeah, the 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 sixth edition uh, blood letters. They were really pretty, but they yeah, yeah. just looked more like corn gores. 
they did. Also, I I got those models playing 40k in third edition, and that that gut plate they have that was a thir- three plus armor save. Yeah, that, I got so disappointed <laughs> when they released the demonic legion, oh, the hordes of chaos book, and they're like, yeah, six plus, they're light armor. Yeah, Bob. Oh God. Like, but, but I played them in 40k and they're power armor. <laughs> power armor, power weapon. What do you give me? Light armor and strength five. Although I like the strength five, I like it. So. They were so broken back in third edition 40k, like yeah, I can charge. That was horrible. <laughs> Killed everything with power weapons. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, so, I mean the entire demon line. It's basically released. Yeah, all these models that we spent so much time converting back in the day, they're released now. Just buy them. Yeah, buy them, play them, have awesome fun. Um, Demonic legions are a great uh, army. They're uh, I mean, I prefer the Zinch and Slanesh because they're fast moving and they offer a sort of a, you know, a maneuverability thing. And they also have very bad matchups, which is uh, fun because that makes it more challenging. And uh, if you really want to, you know, hate yourself, uh, get that corn uh, Demonic Legion out there with all that frenzy. Uh, once you learn it, you're going to do really well. And um, people are going to hate you because they think that frenzy is all of a sudden a buff <laughs> instead of, you know. <laughs> But yeah. once you learn how to handle that, it's very powerful. And we all want to play a Bloodthirster that charges a huge unit of Tomb King chariots. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, that I don't was, know if we have, do we have anything. Sure was one rundown. <laughs> sure was one rundown, yeah. yeah. Sorry it took so long, guys. <laughs> it's okay. Well, it's good to have a rundown with someone that is passionate and actually knows the army inside and out. That's uh, that's how. Well, thank you. That's what I felt when I when I was asked to do this. It's like I gotta do this seriously. I mean, I read it all through, and I'm like, yeah, this shouldn't be too much. But then I forgot to count on the fact that I was supposed to talk to two people at the same time, <laughs> and everything. Because yeah, we're supposed to discuss everything, and all of a sudden, it like takes twice as long. <laughs> yeah, I've, was, I've had it great. I've just been listening to like it's another podcast, and you've been painting, so <laughs> it's fine by me. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, and the fact that you mentioned at the beginning, like, um, this is also going to be Beast of Chaos. And I thought, oh, wow. <laughs> it's going to be a long Well, we'll, we'll see about that. There might be some kind of uh, problem with clearing the rights to the voice actor, you know, for Krell. Oh, yeah, that's true. I heard. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah, maybe he needs to have his own episode. <laughs> yeah. He can get his royalties. Um, yeah. This has so, been great yeah, having you on. Yeah. I think I lost you there. It's been a great uh, discussion. And I got 19 halberders done. Now we just need to build them a command group. Oh, you guys have been hobbying? Oh, I yeah. Anything. Because when when I don't need to use text uh, this press uh, to speech, I can do a lot of hobby stuff meanwhile. That, that... Yeah, usually when I listen to you guys, I'm always out walking with the dog. So, I mean, I was just sitting here with my document in front of me. I should have been hobbying, dang it. Oh, well. Yeah, podcasts are great for podcasts are great for dog walking. The Voltrower is nigh unfinished. I need to do some details on the crew, and uh, then it's flocking and it's done. That's, that's the second one, or the first one? This is the second one. Yeah, because the first one was uh, last month, right? Yeah, it was finished uh, on the 30th, but I haven't posted them because I want to post them together. All right, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. Because they're one-year shows right now. 
Awesome. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to the April challenge. I told myself I would pay 30 clan rats and 40 clan rat slaves, but then I decided to get a bunch of demons instead, so I might paint a unit of horrors. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. Nice. It's time to get working on that Zeus Demonic Legion. I got really psyched now for all this talk. And you planted a seed within me. This is bad. This is really bad. <laughs> yeah. I hope it wasn't a Nurgle seed. <laughs> no, it's it, it's a it, it, it's a cinch actually because I have some flamers, some discs around, and I have a lot of uh, screamers still on sprue. That sounds brilliant. Yeah. I only have old screamers. I have a unit of three old ones, and uh, I really like the old ones. I sort of preferred them because they had even more of the manta ray. Uh, yeah, yeah, they have a the the metal models have a bit more character in them than the plastic ones. The plastics look good, but the metal yeah, looks so much better. What I really loved about the plastic, because I painted, as I said, twenty seven of those for forty k back in the day. So, but I love that they had eyes because painting yeah. eyes is so much fun. It is. But the other ones are more, how do you say, animalistic because they don't they don't have eyes, so they're almost more demonic. There are no eyes there. So yeah, but they're they horrible as well. I mean, the metal models are completely horrid to put together and line up with the weird tail things. Yeah, it's, yeah the plastic ones are better in almost always. <laughs> and they break on their stands all the time. All the time. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh yeah, Jimmy and Flogger are correct. The old ones are prettier. I should get those on eBay. Yeah, don't. Don't do it. Unless <laughs> buy the new ones. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to pin them and use metal rods instead of those clear clear stands. Yeah, yeah that's a must. Yeah, you have to you have to use metal rods or plastic rods of some sort, but any thick, yeah. thick rods. <laughs> they will break and you will hate yourself. They will also always break mid game. Never in transport. Never while you're painting or gluing, always mid-game, at a tournament where there's no one who has this is, this is true. <laughs> and with those words of warning, I'm going to round this off so we don't yeah. and continue just rambling for an hour, another hour, which we probably could <laughs> do if we wanted to. We could. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Great to be on the cast, guys. Yeah, and, thank, uh, you for, thank you for coming Thank on. you for being with yeah, us. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. Um... I'll come by next time you need to talk demons. Um, so I'll see you guys around. Hopefully all you guys can come down for the tournament we're planning to organize in 6th edition. And now it's official because I set it on the cast. So. Oh, now right, we just need, just need a date. And the allowance, and the allowance and from the Swedish uh, whateverness because we can't be like 50 people, people or more right now at, at, the, at an event. And we need the apocalypse to end. Yeah. Yeah, other than that. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Yep. And great to be here. And I'm yeah. signing off.